Hey everybody, welcome back to The Producers. Uh, this week's episode is Matt Newman. Uh, you might remember Matt from uh, Coalition Live episode 2. Uh, it's one of the founders of the theaters. Uh, I think we could just get into talking about it, so we never really kind of covered it. Uh, he's one of the three people who was like the big uh, push, I guess, behind the theater getting started uh, with uh, Katie Holcomb and David Pajor, uh, both who have been on the show before. Um, I, th- I think I've talked a little bit about theater stuff with all of them, uh, but it was kind of cool the way Matt and I kind of took it, and like I said, it was important to get out, but he's, oh gosh, there's so much more to him and, of course, everybody else than just running the theater, so really glad we got into kind of what we got into. Uh, in terms of plugs, um, I texted Matt, I uh, said, do you have any plugs for your episode, and he didn't get back to me, so I'm assuming that he doesn't. Um, if he does, they'll be in the description. Um, uh, as normal, we'll plug the theater, uh, rvacomedy.com. Go check out all the fun shows. Um, I think the date comes out. Coalition Live is coming up and Locker Room is coming up. Uh, check the social media for that. Um, RVA Podcast Network. Uh, we got some fun shows in the works, so keep an eye out for that. Check out rvapodcast.org for our really bare bones website. Or check out the Instagram where I'm mostly just like posting stories. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what to do with that. Um, but we have some fun stuff going on, so uh, make sure you keep in touch. Uh, other plugs, check out uh, DJ Schnoy, my friend Tom. He puts out good stuff. Check out the Trash Bang YouTube. And I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but we'll just roll with that. Uh, great. Well, let's get right into the episode. checked out have, have you heard of orbital music park orbital music park yeah it's no. uh it's a richmond thing mm-hmm. where basically they facilitate people playing music together oh cool so today's like a grand opening kind of thing where mm-hmm. they're like showing the space off that they're like working on it's like oh, nice cool little fenced off area of like a warehouse mm-hmm. <laughs> in uh i guess scott's edition maybe like whatever's west of scott's edition across the oh like across the highway yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh Whatever that is, but the, I think that might still be technically Scott's edition. I think so, too. but it's like not the, in that kind of like brewery, like brew town kind of quadrant. Yeah, like by strangers and all that. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. It's so funny that we would immediately talk, talk about it. So I went, I went to the grand opening today. I just popped in because cool. I I met up with those guys when they started doing that, 
And I went to every single event because they used to just have uh, monthly-ish events at Artworks where they would, yeah, yeah. You, you would sign up and then they would match you and they tell you like what time to be there. Mm-hmm. And then you show up and play with them and it was a lot of fun. So then I started volunteering with them nice. and like I was very proudly uh, their volunteer of the year uh, yeah, a right. year know. ago. Um, so so it was such a fun thing and I love that we sat there because it's kind of like they're starting this thing. Um, I feel like it's, a, it's an apropos place with like you being a part of starting a thing, mm-hmm. and also like I feel like I might be starting a thing. I yeah. don't know if it'll turn into anything. Oh, big. What's the What's the thing? The uh, RVA Podcast Network. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing. I have seen. Yeah. What are we drinking here? This is I, I've seen you. Um, you know, often ordering some tall boy pilsners <laughs> at the theater. So that's. Uh, I was like, I like this one. Is it your pills? Uh, um, occasionally, yeah. This is a good um, lawnmower beer. Lawn, oh, you know what? I'm totally into it. I feel like this. I feel like right now is like a lawnmower beer kind of. <laughs> like it's a daytime podcast. I like, got my hoodie on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because that, that, like, doing a lot of yard work, you just want to come in, just crack open a, a cold Coors Ooh. Light kind of. Yeah, this thing. is this is good. Yeah, this I like trucks. A lot. I used to. I used to brew beer. Ooh. Oh man. So um, to get into. I was a home brewer for many years. Well, I won't forget the other stuff, but I might forget about this. What, okay. was, what was that like? What was um, it like? I was because uh, Lori, uh, you know, uh, Kale's partner, they brew beer. Oh, I didn't know that. So she brought some. Uh, but anyway, so like the idea, like what's what got you into that? Um, I liked drinking beer a lot, and then. Um, some friends of mine in college started home brewing and were terrible at it. Um, but I would just, it's a great excuse to like have a couple of beers on a Saturday afternoon and just hang out with your friends. And then, you know, six weeks later, or I guess for that, cause we were doing all like bottle conditioning, it would be like, you know, two months later, maybe you do it again and you drink the stuff you brewed last time. And it was just, you know, oh, just a, a, a social thing. And then, um, when I moved to Chicago, I bought a bunch of stuff that was there. And then there were some guys at work that homebrewed too. And so we'd like bring in a six pack of our stuff and like all drink them and just kind of hang out. So it's like as much social and then also just sort of financial, like drinking, you know, nicer beer at the time. Like there was some stuff still that like you kind of couldn't get yeah. in different places like, you know, regional stuff that you'd be like, oh man, this, this is like a really popular beer in this part of the country. And like, here's the recipe. There would be like a homebrew kit for it. Um, yeah. And then moved back. And for the first few years that we lived here too, I kept it up and, um, was kegging beer and like built my own little kegerator. Wow. This is serious. Well, yeah, I got, I got pretty deep in like, that's, that's as far as it went. And I was like, how much farther other than like opening your brewery does it go? Um, well you can get like, um, I had plans if I continued to brew. Oh my gosh. To, I had plans. There's like a, (laughs) there's like a, you get, you get an ice, one of those like uh, chest freezers and you can, I like adapt that to be, like six different taps of oh, different stuff. You would have a, and then you can also lager beer in it too if you do the right like temperature control kind of stuff. And that was going to be like the next phase. And then I kind of fell out of it because it was so easy to drink so much beer. I was like, you know, maybe yeah. I'll just give it a rest. I still have all the stuff, and I might do it again. 
sometime. Keep, but, keep, keep it lower level this time? Yeah, yeah, just do something small. But it was all like, I would just, I've never got too crazy about it. It was just like, I, I'm going to make the IPA that I like to drink, and I'm just going to brew that, and then I'll have a bunch of it, and it's like, you know, a dollar cheaper per beer or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. And or no, it's a dollar per beer versus, you know, like seven bucks. And oh, so it was yeah, like e- economic, yeah, yeah. too. And then, like, invite people over and... Oh yeah, have a chill and have a beer. So yeah, it's so funny. I've actually recently been really into the idea of like when you get into uh, an art or a craft, um, it starts out kind of basic. You're like figuring out, you just like it, mm-hmm. and then you that you like to watch and um, partake in like people who are really good at it. And yeah. then as you get into it, and I'm this is the part I love. The equipment starts to get very oh, yeah. specific. Yeah, I like it, it. Also scratched a real specific like gear itch of like ooh like what kind of work chiller yeah should i get and um you know do i have like the you know the right equipment for my hydrometer and stuff and like should i get a hydrometer <laughs> what a word what a oh thing. yeah oh yeah that's some and so there was all kinds of like stuff you could order or buy and then um northern brewer in richmond uh wasn't open at the time, for most of the time that I was brewing when we moved here, you had to go. There was one homebrew shop on the south side, mm-hmm. like in Chester, and you had to drive down to Chester mm-hmm. and get you know whatever equipment and stuff. Evening. And then yeah, so that opened up. That was really great. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was. But I had I just kind of fell off of it. And Man, I couldn't. Would you? You think if you had kept going, you would have brought your own kegs to the theater? <laughs> just no. Well, maybe I thought about it, but like you can't serve it. Oh, okay. It's the same thing, like, you can't sell, uh, you know, brownies that you just made in your kitchen or something. Like, it has to be... I never thought about it. You you have to... um, The regulations for doing it are, like, really, really stringent and specific. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but, like, you basically need the equivalent of a commercial kitchen. Like, you have to bake in a commercial kitchen to be able to sell whatever it is to the public. Uh, And you need need to be able to brew in, like, a professional brew space in order to... Okay. um, Interesting serve it and sell it to people. So I could have like partnered with, uh, you know, but you any... explored this cause you thought about it. I did. Yeah. Okay, well, or like having is. a, like a signature beer on tap or something mm-hmm. like that where it's, um, which, um, just do like a show called uh, drunk prov and feature yeah, your beer. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, this is the coalition, whatever beer and partner with a local brewery. Um, we had a relationship with the guys for, uh, through from triple crossing for a while mm-hmm. and they were like just down the block. And so we kind of talked about it, but the economics of it, like didn't yeah. really Makes make sense. a lot of sense for either of us. Like once we got into like, okay, so we're going to make all this beer and then you're only going to sell it. Like how much beer do you sell? You're open how many nights a week? And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll go through. And so like the, the idea was interesting, but, um, I think what we could have done is what, I don't see anybody do it here, but like bars in the Midwest will have, um, like the house beer or something. And so it's like, uh, you know, whatever lager, but it's actually, it's just Genesee mm-hmm. or it's, you know, Natty Light or something like that. And that, that day the brewery allows you to call, you know, mm-hmm. coalition lager or whatever, but Ugh. it's like, it's Natty Light or something. Yeah. Like that, so. Coalition lager. <laughs> but it's just like whatever the cheapest beer is. That sounds like jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So yeah, going back, um, starting a thing. Okay. I thought you fleshed out the beer thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so so that that's that's a that's a thing I've talked about, and I don't want to talk about it too long. No, because um, there's so many other things I'll like, get to. Okay, uh, but the idea of you guys, I understand want the details. I want your view of like spearheading, deciding to spearhead a, a thing. Because you're not just like I'm trying to start a business. It's like I'm trying to start a scene. The hashtag, like, like mm-hmm. the one thing I've, I've I've heard from all of you is hashtag RVA comedy is for all RVA comedy. In yeah, the, in that example. Um, yeah, the hashtag thing that was something that we got a little bit of blowback, particularly from the standups in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense for like initially grabbing all of those like comedy handles on Mm -hmm. Twitter and Facebook and like everywhere so that we were RVA comedy. And at first it was like, um, okay. Improv guys. Like there's more comedy, like comedy is a broader thing, but we were like, no, it's like, you know, like RVA, uh, cupcakes or whatever is like, that doesn't describe all cupcakes. That's just like a, a handy Uh, URL to, to tell people. So yeah, it was more like marketing than it was like a jab, sure. but I like the, but the, but the idea I think led to comedy RVA.com, which, which is, is the open mic, the open mic thing that the Santa did. So there was a little, I think it's, um, you know, all, it's all friendly, but I, 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 that's legit. Mm-hmm. We did do that. <laughs> well, I love that you did it, but also like you guys, cre- the, the, the idea of the creating, yeah, the scene, mm, mm-hmm. That that was important. Yeah, I think um, the way we always thought about it, uh, we never really set out with the intention to be like, we're going to make the scene. Like, we're going to create oh, no, no, no. The, the scene or whatever. So it was always like, all right, well, we're going to try and run, like start and run a good business, like a solid theater space. Or even before we had the theater, like as a, performing, you know, nomadic performance troupe or, you know, the sort of, when we were renting out spaces for classes just to make sure like at the, like we weren't spending more than we made and we were tracking on stuff and we were marketing ourselves well. And, um, so yeah, there was starting the, you know, the, the group that eventually became the theater. So back when we were Richmond comedy coalition, um, was just like, well, we just want to do good shows somewhere. Um, and we've tried to keep that at the heart of everything. It's like we do, mm-hmm. if we do really solid, good shows, um, that's the bedrock for everything else for, you know, if, if what you, when you come in to the theater, you, you see a good show. Cool. Like everything else will, it kind of arises and comes out of that. And so that's always been, you know, or even if it wasn't totally, well received by the audience if we could be proud of what we did and like mm-hmm. we're like you know what like okay i get it but um that was our vision and we did it and like we we believed in that and we put it up um that we've always tried and like really stay focused on that and then yeah starting the theater itself like the space was a totally other mm. thing i just happened to be <laughs> fortunate enough um it was like we can do it if somebody can quit their job and like spend full time like doing this. And so I was fortunate with the place I was working. I basically quit and then had them like rehire me as an hourly 
person. So like the, I remember that conversation cause I was like, okay, well they could just, I was like, okay, well I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be full time anymore, but here's like a proposal for you where I work 30 hours a week. And so that basically frees up, you know, one day a week for me to do theater stuff. And then it kind of like over the course of a year, it went down like 20 hours a week at the day job and then 15. And then eventually it was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm quitting for real now. But yeah, the, over the course of a year, I was able to like have a steady salary and um, be able to you know go to city hall and get all the paperwork done and um, route funds for the Kickstarter and like do all the the stuff that needed to get done to the logistical things. See, yeah, that, like that, all the administrative stuff. I, th- I guess that that's where I, that all that to me is very fascinating, of course, because that's stuff that I mean, like just just as like a. I don't know if you remember this point in your journey, but like I've had to have the conversation of like some legality things with starting the network. Okay. And the, the advice I got was like, Oh, well you got to like LLC that shit. Yeah. So like yeah. the idea of like going somewhere and like paying money to be like, this is a, I'm going to start a business. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's like, Oh, like, I have to, I have to, and the, the paperwork for all that is like simple, but it is a big step. A, and it, I've never done that before. Yeah. It's, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's a lot easier than like, Oh so no, 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 no. When we, most of the steps we took, especially at first, we took because we had to. Mm-hmm. Like at first, people were just writing checks out to like Katie Holcomb, and then like we were just putting like there was a part of her bank account that we were, was like theater money. This is like year one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, how else are you gonna do it? Yeah, and then eventually Gallery Five was like, um, we are like if you guys are gonna perform here every month, like we can't keep writing personal checks, and we're like okay, we need to get a bank account. Okay, what do we need to do to get a bank account that says Richmond Comedy Coalition? All right, we have to incorporate an LLC. And so we, like, backed out founding the business from, like, okay, well, now, all right, fine. You know, mm-hmm. um, we'll have an LLC that that's called that. Uh, but so all yeah. of that to say, mm-hmm. the idea of you have, you have, you have, in your life, you have found something you are so passionate about mm-hmm. that you're going to do all this other nonsense yeah. to make it happen. Yeah. To put on what is now like the theater. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really like, um, and there's somebody, and you can see this happening in all the groups sort of around, um, anybody who's like indie teams or, um, you know, performing at multiple locations or even like, um, was it? Hey, Barb did a, the did a set sports. over at comedy sports. Mm-hmm. I guarantee in every one of those groups, there's like somebody that just handles doing the emails or like, Oh yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, all right, I'll do the, I'll post the stuff on Facebook or like, I'll make the Facebook event or I'm going to like send out the email to be like, when is everybody available? Like all the, like busy work administrative stuff you have to do to get on stage Mm -hmm. and then start performing. Um, that's really like the role. It's not, um, I don't know how it's viewed or how people think that it would be, but it's really, it really is just like administration. That's what it is. Yeah. You know? And then so, so that the space can be open so that the lights can, you know, be on so so that we can do shows. So we can do shows. Yeah, 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 Yeah. And so that was, you know, the one step, the one huge step that we ever took that we were like, I don't know, man, uh, was the theater. Because everything else up until that point had been like, okay, well, we need to do this. Well, we're sort of, you know, well, starting the class structure thing, too. Um, that one summer we did that. We weren't sure if anybody would sign up. And I was, like, sending out personal 
emails and Facebook messages to like friends in the city and being like, Hey, I'm teaching a class. Can you like, you want to sign up? I'd love to have you in there. You know, like, please pay for this, please. (laughs) Um, and, uh, like blue was one of the first people to ever sign up. Like he was in that first round of classes and we had known him for forever through comedy sports. Mm -hmm. Um, and a bunch of folks, you know, like that, but yeah, like that and the theater were the, were the two things where we were really like, okay, let's let's make a big leap here. Other than that, it was like, ooh, man, like people are really coming to the shows. Let's let's start to do a second show. Like, ooh, people are coming to classes. Like, let's do two classes. Let's do three classes. Let's see if it works. So um, what was it? So it was it was the idea of even for, even going further back. What made you want to start teaching classes? What made you want to start putting on these shows? I think we, it was we, all. I mean, for the shows, it's just like the love of the love mm-hmm. of the game. You know, it's like that's I what think, I want to get back to. Yeah, yeah. I think for me. You know, the theater could close tonight, you know, I mean, not, not good that it does not, but, um, and I would still figure out a way to do, you know, a show however often I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think I'm, you know, pretty confident at this point that that's going to be, you know, part of my life and forever, forever. Yeah. Um, and there's a great part of it too, where it's like it doesn't matter where I go. There's probably going to be an improv theater there. Well, when you think about there's if probably- <laughs> you were to move, you like, well, well, let me check out the improv theaters there. Let yeah. me see what's going on. Well, people do that now. Like we've have like expats from other scenes come here. Um, like Bob Nichols was in St. Louis, and mm-hmm. like he was in the St. Louis scene for a while, um, and then moved. Um, you know, Nick Levesky and Matt McCoo and those guys uh, were all in Chicago. Um, there's a couple of people who like have moved from LA and like been in the LA scene and come in and they're like, Oh, you have one of these here in Richmond. Cool. Like, can I get involved? So that's been really cool to see. Um, yeah. And then, uh, Katie and Pyjor were just in Omaha and there's like yeah. the whole, all these Midwest guys that we've like linked up with, um, from Omaha and Madison and, uh, Chicago, Although not like the big theaters in Chicago, there's like mm-hmm. the Chicago, what I got, what the Chicago Improv Studio. Uh, was one of my teachers in Chicago named Bill Arnett, kind of spun off. Oh, and Bill, does, I took his um, workshop. We yeah, took, yeah, we took his workshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's um, sort of him and Chris George. I don't know if you know, remember Chris. He did uh, I Am the Movie, where he does this, picks a movie and then does like the first 25 minutes of the movie in uh, like, dubbing it over. Like what? Sack Sack yeah, like, yeah, like Sack Tracks or. Um, Way back when, there was a guy um, from Chapel Hill uh, named P.T. Scarborough, and he did P.T. Scarborough's a movie, and it was the same kind of format of, like, turn the sound off and then just improvise mm-hmm. based on the image. So he did that. Anyway, he's kind of part of this, um, the Basement Summit, uh, and that's really, really, I couldn't go this year um, because we're a little too close to the due date for me to have flown to Omaha. Sure. Just in case. But they were just out there, and so, like, there's all those folks, and that's the end, so the... I think that's going to be one of the next kind of things we try and push to as well as like, we've really, I mean, for the last five years, really 10 years, um, focused on building up like, uh, like it's been, we've been very internal to the theater and like everything kind of in, in the bubble of laying your bedrock. Yeah, exactly. And sort of like making sure we can, we can do what we want to do. Once this is good. Yeah. We can stay open and it's steady and it's stable um, like the questions that we've asked for the last couple of years haven't been the, the questions we asked for the first couple of years, which is like, will people show up? 
will people continue to take classes the way that they have? Will we be able to expand? Will you know? Will we grow? Let alone stay open? And now the questions are much more like, okay, well, how do we really set intention about being the kind of theater we want to be? Like, what's our vision for our role in the community? What's our vision for uh, you know our role as you know in as an improv theater? nationally even like can we start connecting with other folks uh you know we've had some relationships with the pushers in norfolk and um some of the guys in baltimore for a little while some mm-hmm. of the folks in dc too um but can we really be intentional about like touring and getting out and meeting those people and doing shows and yeah so that's something that I, we've been talking about for years but um that idea really needs like a again like some kind of administrative champion to, gotcha. <laughs> to like yeah, yeah, do yeah. it you know and it's a lot of work i mean yeah and, oh, yeah. and a lot of people like booking and all that so again like any band any group yeah. like there's one person that's like all right i'll book this stuff you know yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and i was like we, we already have some people doing so much here mm-hmm. like it's hard to be like oh can someone can we all do this extra thing that is already like something none of us have ever done like yeah exactly unless we were in bands or something yeah um, I want to take. So, I want to make it more personal now. I feel like. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. feel like. I feel like we covered it. You're, you guys did like great theater stuff, all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. Um, my one of my favorite questions is, uh, what was your first creative moment? My first creative moment. Where does it all? Where does it all start? What's the earliest you remember, or maybe one that sticks out a little later? Um, let's see. The first time I can ever remember performing. Uh, was when I was very, very little, uh, we would put on, and I would make my brother do it with me, uh, we'd put on songs and I would perform, uh, like with a little, one of those little, um, like it's just the C scale and all the different kind of colored, um, like plinky piano things. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um, and, uh, would play, uh, Fine Young Cannibals was a, was a, um, was a favorite at that time. And yeah, I would like do like shows for my parents and my family. Oh man. Like, like I'd stand in front of the fireplace and then sit on the couch (laughs) and I'd, you know, do, I'd lip sync to, um, you'd lip sync. Or is it? Yeah. Uh huh. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, and I just did that, you know, I just wanted to delightful. Yeah. Yeah. So those were, how, how, how young is uh, baby Newman in this? Let's see. We were, the memory that I have is from Natchez, Mississippi, when we lived there. So that would have been between the ages of, uh, like, I don't know, like six, maybe Oof. five, six. Yeah. So you've always, and then did the performing like continue from there? Did you like have a thirst for the stage or something like that? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, and my folks, and in particular, my mom was very um, active in being like, okay, this is something that he really likes to do. So what are the opportunities to continue to do something like that wherever we are? So um, when we moved to Richmond, when I was in third grade, so yeah, between like uh, like kindergarten and second grade, we were in Natchez. And then uh, in third grade, we moved to Richmond. And so it was even then like school plays or, um, eventually I did spark in town. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in the musicals over the summer and then also took the like acting classes, uh, through that. So they have, I don't know if they still have the same level structure, but it would be like the scene, you know, like Shakespeare sonnets and how to break that stuff down and, you know, 
access your emotions and stuff. So, so you got real into it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I've always been, you know, tried to perform wherever I could. But yeah, I've never really considered myself um, like a drama kid, mm. particularly in high school. Like, I did not. I mean, those were my friends, but that was not like my core friends. I was not like a a theater kid. I got you because where I. Uh, went to high school, there was an improv troupe. And once I found that, I was like, okay, like these folks are, these are my people here. These are my pe- yeah, yeah, Not yeah. the like back rub circle drama <laughs> kid thing. <laughs> like, which I, you know, not that I have never been in a back rub circle. No, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, of course. We, everyone enjoys a good back yeah, rub circle. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, while you're waiting for, you know, tech cues or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, um, Improv troupe. Yeah, the improv So that was uh, the first improv thing I did. Um, I auditioned for my high school improv uh, troupe, Standard Deviation. That's the first uh, team you ever on? Mm-hmm. Which was... Um, what a, I mean, what we a, had done improv like in the Spark classes, but it was I had never like done it as a performance before. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that my high, my high school had one, and I was like, yes. And then, um, and I was like into whose line and, uh, you know, of course, of course. Um, and, uh, then, um, a bunch of those folks, like the juniors and seniors were like, oh, comedy sports in Richmond is starting uh, a minor league, which at that time is what they called the high school league. Now there's a high school league and a minor league and the the majors, um, for their performers. And the, the minor league is like adult performers. But back in the back, way back when, and so I was on the way first, back. yeah, I was on the first like cast of their when they fielded a high school league in town. Uh, I feel like I've heard other people say that. Any other notables that you remember from that uh, group? Um, let's see, Any friends of the show. Uh, sure, yeah. Um, actually, there's an actress in town who is also on that troupe, whose name is uh, at the time Liz Blake, but Liz White is her her name. She was in there. Um. It's a guy, uh, David Ween, who's still around in Richmond, um, and is going through classes. There's like, I see them around sometimes. I'm like, oh, hey, I just saw David. He came to a show, actually. He came to a mixer. Oh, okay. Um, and he's in rabbinical school now. Um, see, we will be <laughs> Rabbi Ween soon, I hope. Um, good luck, David. Um, <laughs> good luck, David. <laughs> uh, you got it. Immortalized funny. forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. And then, yeah, like in that first, like couple casts of folks, um, I think the next round of auditions is when Katie Holcomb joined up. And so like, we've known each other and performed together since, you know, high forever. School. Yeah. Since yeah. junior freshman Sophomore year in high school. Which was at least 10 or more years ago. It was at least that many. Yes. It was. <laughs> um, uh, so that would have been my, the auditions were in like December of 1999. And then the first shows that we did were like late January. So we like practiced for six weeks and then we did a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so it's very easy for me to know my, like my improv anniversary because it's like it was January 2000. Yeah. And so it's like, how long have I been doing it? And I was like, okay, well, I just hit 19 years. So oh, wow. yeah, it was like 19 years ago. 19 years. Wow, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I will say that it's so fun to think about. I'm in, I'm actually, uh, this summer will be year two. Nice. For yeah. me. And it's like Anthony January is his and he just hit two years. Nice. Yeah. And yeah it's yeah. funny to think about like, oh man, I have two like full years in mm-hmm. and then thinking about the future and just how much like 
how much, I don't know. It's just crazy to think about, again, finding a craft and really just, like, getting into it. I mean, there's not a lot of gear to improv. I mean, there's, like, a little bit. But, like, uh, yeah, seeing yeah. all those things. And, like, again, year two, it's, like, I'm not necessarily at the top. Like, I'm not, like, the best. But, like, I can kind of see, like, I'm playing with people who are, like, there. And there's, like, there's no gear. It's just time. Uh, what do you mean by gears? Gear, like, uh, with brewing. Like, Oh, okay, to yeah, compare yeah, yeah. it to like okay, this yeah, yeah. craft, there's mm-hmm. not, there's not, it's like all you gotta do is just put time in and like keep like, learning all the all that. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that I think um, keep trying to make it fun too, like keep having a good time. Yeah, because um, I I still remember the first time <laughs> that as in comedy sports there were like some folks that were like, hey guys, because it was all short form for I did only short form for like you know two years or something, and then once we were a little. Well, it's like some of the major leaguers, so like uh, you know the adult folks in the troupe, um, were like, "Oh yeah, like let's try long form," you know, like and so we did um, like some very heavily uh, like structured long forms, like Buddy Cop um, or like the superhero, where it's like really super structured beats, mm-hmm. um, and you just kind of improvise within that and kind of create you know, the narrative kind of takes care of itself because you, you basically decide what the narrative is at first and then like improvise on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember those first, those first few times doing it, I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this um, is good. and you could like mess with the space in ways. And there was just oh, like so man. much more, um, you could like thread together over the course of that time. Um, and it's something that we've taught like New York improvisers who come down for the festival. Like the scene there is, they're so it's so saturated that if you have an improv night, like you're just packing and sacking them in. So you're lucky if you get 15 minutes. Like the average set, if you go and perform in New York, is 15 minutes. Wow. Uh, and they're like, yeah, like unless you really pay some dues, and then you get 20. But if you like people who get 30 minutes, 30 minutes there is like uh, Fuck that unheard shit. of. Yeah, you have to be, you know. The headliner on, you know, uh, at UCB, 8 o'clock on Friday or whatever. Just to get, like, 30 minutes. Just to get 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, That's crazy, because I'm... Yeah, when when Barb did comedy sports, well, we got 15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that, to me, like, there's so... Like, the the real meat of what goes on happens, like, you have to do... And this is one of the annoying things... Not annoying, but, like it can get annoying when you're talking like trying to teach long form is like the, the real magic of it happens after like 24 minutes. You have to do 24 full minutes of improv to then be like, okay, so now we're going to thread these three things together. And like, all of a sudden we're going to come back around and we're going to drop this and this and this. Or and like, grandma here's how we're going to dinosaur. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like you have to do so much work to get there mm-hmm. and you can't just be like, all right guys, let's practice. Like, these stitching together these world moves. Yeah. Um, How can we set up in ten minutes? Yeah, so you can't. Can you can't. Five. You, you can't. can't. So um, need twenty four to set up the the herald. Let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get to the last six minutes of just like, oh my god, this is the best. This is yeah. why this, they're doing this. And that is very like herald. Uh, maybe that's an, an inherited thing because I was so into herald, especially at IO. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, this is how a show is. This is like the best version of shows. Um, and a couple of people did like hour long sets like TJ and Dave and that kind of stuff, but nobody really, um, 
that Nobody time. was doing less than <clears throat> 25, 30 because it was like, well, the art requires 30 minutes. So we ha- we're going to give you 25 and then start looking for the out. And, you know, one of my favorite teams, 30, 33 was like, that's about how long their shows generally were like 30, 30 minutes to 33 minutes. Wait, is that their team name? Yeah. 30, 33. <laughs> Love that. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're was they're it, um they're this, like. Is this spelled out? No, it was just like three zero three three. I call oh, that. That's amazing. Know. Yeah. Um, and they were a favorite team to watch in Chicago, like in my in my student days coming up. Oh, the student the IO days. Theater. What was uh, student knew me like? Um, uh, what was I like? A very I. I went to Chicago after having done. So let, 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 let's paint okay, the picture. Okay, okay, so okay, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming you graduated from high school in Richmond. I did. And then went to college in Chicago? No, I went to a college at uh, the College of William and Mary. Okay. Um, and didn't do improv there. There was a short form troupe there called IT, Improvisational Theater, which got very confusing because IT is what they also called the information technology department. <laughs> so like you would have, it would be like IT and then a phone number, like when your whatever laptop would break or whatever, if you had a school laptop. Um, or the internet, what have you. Uh, but IT was also, and so um, I'm at Stackhouse then. So Stackhouse was on IT in at William and Mary. Um, and there's some other folks, Kelly Quinn, who's in Chicago or not Chicago, in New York now, and she's doing like mm. great. Oh, Natasha Vainblatt, who's also um, she came and did something, but she's like a Richmond comedy sports person that we knew in high school. Okay, um, and she's on like <clears throat> Comedy Central. YouTube channels and stuff. Oh, nice. And she just did five minutes of their, like, so that's, it's been awesome to watch her, uh, succeed, succeed. Yeah. Rightfully so. She's so fucking funny. Um, <laughs> and so is Kelly. Um, but, uh, just, let me pick up all these names. I'm driving. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it's like, it is weird. Like, um, the community, if you're in it, like, like it gets, it's like Richmond, it just keeps getting smaller. And so like, if you just kind of hang around, like people that you know will be at these other tiers and echelons and, mm-hmm. you know, in LA writing for whatever, or you'll see them on an episode of something. And it's like, Oh mm-hmm. shit, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. We did that. I, yeah, we had, had a conversation at a festival when you like killed it at this festival. And now you're on, um, you know, whatever, you know, broad city character or something. So, yeah. um, that's been, <laughs> that's been interesting. Um, so but okay, uh, so then uh, you okay, went yeah. William Mary, then you went so, to Chicago. Um, yeah, William Mary, and I did sketch there. Okay. Um, so I did all four years. I did um, was in their like sketch group, and we'd write an original sketch, like ninety minutes of original sketch every every month or every other month. Ninety minutes every one point five months. Yeah, so we'd meet every week and pitch ideas, and then throw the whole show away, and then write a new show, and then at the end of the year, we'd do like a best of show. That sounds stressful, but also like very, like you were saying earlier, the art demands <laughs> that we do this. A little bit, yeah. It was, um, I don't know, it was, like, and that was my social group there. It was just like, those were all my friends, were like all my, in the sketch group. And the, um, we eventually started doing like winter formals with the other comedy group with IT. Mm-hmm. And so we'd hang out with them, but we knew all of them too. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, that was awesome. And I did a lot more performing than I did writing, but I did love writing. Um, and we did video stuff and I got really into like filming and editing video, which is something I want to do more of, um, personally. Uh, that's like a goal for the year for me is to do more. Cause I did that one sketch for the 4th of July show last year. Uh-huh. 
Um, and that was, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like the Alex Jones one. No, no, that, um, who wrote that? I think Sean Hamright wrote that and I just performed it. Um, but I did the, um, the RoboCat video. Oh, oh, that was amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, Is that, is that online anywhere? No, I haven't posted it anywhere. I have it. I just, you know, I'm lazy about sharing stuff. Look at that post. Look at that post. Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, you can hold me to that, please. I need I need social <laughs> if pressure. If you hear this on yeah. this episode, you see Matt. You just go ask him. I need uh, where's Robocat? Yeah, I need social pressure in order to accomplish <laughs> any goals. Uh, but no, the Robocat video. Oh my gosh, it was because it started out. Um, what it was is you were. I think you were just doing like man on the street kind of thing. There's a specific Jay Leno bit where he goes and tries to ask people um, like the citizenship test. Oh, that's right. And so the citizenship, and so it was called like citizenship test because really it was the RoboCat thing was like the twist. Sorry, everybody, I have spoilers. Um, so yeah, it starts out with a citizenship test. Like there's a hundred questions that you know you need to know, and then your citizenship test has twenty five or thirty of them or something like that um, <coughs> to gain U.S. citizenship. So mm-hmm. if you were born here, do you know? Like, would you be able to pass the citizenship the citizenship test mm-hmm. that? immigrants have to take in order to become citizens. So, and so, so, so my view, and then I'll let you like keep going into the, so I saw like outside the theater, just you talking to people and it was like all people I knew, like all my friends and it was just like, okay. And then, and like the funny thing is they couldn't answer the questions. I don't know what this amendment is. I don't know who the 14th president was. Mm -hmm. And then it started. And then I think David got all the questions, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And he is, uh, a self-professed, like does not really engage in a lot of political, um, uh, he's, that's just not, he, that's not how he spends his time. It's not, not his lane. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't spend a lot of time. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in the same band. I don't, I don't, I don't do that much either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he votes, but that's, you know, yeah, he's, he's not like totally, um, like Bo or, you know, Levesky or somebody that's like constantly like, okay, well, and like, if, I don't know if you've seen, on like an election night, but he'll be like, he has his own way of calculating in Virginia, oh, which counties and like projecting counties and stuff. Oh and he gets gosh. deep in. Yeah. I love this. So it's like the opposite of that. Um, and so there was some of that stuff where it was like, um, that I was just a fun joke for you. No one else knows that that's funny that David doesn't know anything, but knows all the answers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, not that he doesn't know anything, but I was just like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, um, anyway, so, uh, uh, yeah. And then it, it's, it turns out like there's a, there's a turn where like one layer out, we learn that, um, we're in like a different reality where there is a, like, a dict a ruthless RoboCat dictator. <laughs> And that kind of gets revealed, and then there's like the the end of it is like a Cloverfield, just you running with the camera, Andy Cam thing, and like talking into the camera and stuff. And so, like at the end, it's like the Cloverfield ending because there were a couple of different ways that it could have ended. And I was like, "Oh, we'll do the Cloverfield ending where I'll drop the camera, and then we'll." um, That even though we just described most of it, it's still (laughs) worth watching. We left that a couple. I I will say we did leave that a couple details that would make it worth watching. Mm Um, no, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really fun. I want to do more of that. Anyway. So in college, um, I did a lot of that stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, when we moved, it was like, okay, well, um, I moved to Chicago and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to like take classes at IO, uh, like Mecca for, you know, like that's, that was the promised land for, for us in Richmond. Um, especially as high schoolers, it was like, 
man. And this was before. So you're in your early 20s and you, you're, I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to go to Iowa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. And it was like, yeah, I'm moving there. I graduated college, 21 years old. I'm good. I'm doing IO. And my goal at that point was, um, I'm going to get on second city main stage. Ooh. I was and like, I'm assuming that's like, uh, the equivalent of like riot for us. Like, uh, a little city bit. Main stage. Yeah. So second city main stage is like, and this is like, I had the dream of, you know, a kid born in the late or, you know, mid eighties of like, that's where every single person who I've heard somebody say this, that like your favorite cast of SNL is whatever oh. cast was performing when you were like 17. Mm-hmm. And so that was all those folk like Chris Farley yep. and, uh, you know, anybody in the era of, um, like those were my favorite people. Although when I was 17, actually it was like, Will Ferrell and like that cast. Uh, but for me, like, all those folks, I was so into SNL. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I was like, and that's where all those people came up through. They came up through IO and then they got on second city main stage and I wasn't like, I'm going to get on SNL, but I was like, I want to be on second city main stage. I want to be, I want to be in a review at the second city. Um, and I remember we went there when I was still in college cause my wife is from Chicago and so I would go up to visit her you know, over winter break and we went downtown and we went to second city. Like we got dinner and went to second city. And I walked in and I was like, yes. Uh, and all the pictures on the wall. And it was like, it was like a, you know, cathedral for me going in there. Um, and then we saw the show. Um, I don't remember what the name of the show was. Um, I do remember my family went on vacation to the grand Canyon when I was like 13 and we saw a second city show at that time. They had a, a company in Las Vegas doing sets. And I, I didn't realize it at the time, but found later the like playbill from that show. And, uh, Jason Sudeikis was in the cast. Oh, and so I go, I YouTube some like, and I was like, I remember that sketch. He has this like blackout runner where he's a politician apologizing. Oh, but every time gosh. he apologizes, he says something to in, in every apology. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, let me, I didn't mean to offend. Like it, it <laughs> It escalates like that. It's a it's a great bit, but uh, and I and I remember that bit, but I didn't remember. I wasn't like that fella is going places. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I, w- I was like, yeah, hell yeah. So when I, when I moved there, that was the that was the goal, and it starts with IO, um, and then there was another like. So on the same day, I had my first day of class, like level one day one at IO, and then I went to audition for uh, this place called the Playground Theater. They had a. Um, like new improvisers troop, like you had to be new to the city and then they would like, th- those were your performances. And so it was like a little community building there too. They would integrate you into the community kind of thing. A little bit. Yeah. yeah a little bit, um, yeah. and it was for them That's too, it. is, um, they were, I don't know, in the, in the Chicago scene, they were like an indie theater. So it was like, there's second city and IO and the annoyance for like, indie the, theater. Wow. Or like the big three and yeah, they yeah. were a nonprofit theater whose structure was like, they had, um, like four or five or six different house teams that were the board of the theater and they had their own slots and stuff, but then they also made the managerial decisions like that each, each team had a representative and then that's, they voted on decisions and stuff. That's like how they ran. It was really interesting. And they were also BYOB. Um, so you could show up with like a case of beer, like all your friends show up with a case of beer, crack them open, watch the show. 
and they didn't they didn't have to sell beer or anything. You'd just pay for the tickets, and you could bring your own stuff in. Which, if that law existed in Virginia, the theater itself would have been open years earlier. Like the big thing we had to figure out was how we're going to serve booze. Yeah, because um, people that's like what you expect from an experience going out to see a comedy show. Um, so they had that, um, it was called the incubator or something like that incubator team. Um, and I auditioned for that and just ate shit. Um, and I went in so confident. I was like, okay, well I was like, you know, uh, cool guy, you know, comedy guy for a long time. And I've been doing this, you know, I'm not, I'm not new to comedy, but I am new mm-hmm. to Chicago. So you, you had been, have you been finding your own version of success and building this confidence? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, the big leagues and I rightfully, <laughs> I rightfully just totally ate shit. Oh, and I, I remember from the audition, there was a, um, and I, I pulled a move in the, in the audition that was like, it's a clear, that guy's not ready yet move where there's a big group scene and everybody's doing something except for me. And I was walking around doing something else, which I thought was good at the time. Cause they didn't know what else to do. Um, what I should have done, like on the reflex that I've built and I teach, uh, is that you just match anyone, like do, do whatever anyone else is doing and match somebody else. And if you see somebody by themselves, match them. Um, and I did not do that. And everybody was singing the national anthem and I, I was not like, they were all, you know, or saying the pledge of allegiance to the flag or something like that. And I, I was walking around and not participating and like looking back, I was like, Oh, I wouldn't have cast that guy either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there was a whole phase where I had to get over, um, one of my favorite teachers and coaches was like, um, I have it in my, my old notes, like what it was, but it was like uncertain guy, like guy who's not really sure what's going on was like my go-to guy and that guy sucks in scenes where you're just like oh i don't know you know like and it feels comfortable because that's how you feel it's an easy fun filter yeah yeah but it doesn't translate yeah and it's like okay well if you're if you're unsure if your character is unsure that that's going to bleed out into your character unsure and then now you the improviser are going to be unsure and now you're just not sure what's going on because you didn't make like confident choices going in so that that was something i had to like totally unlearn and and reteach myself um, and was retaught to me by the teachers in, uh, Chicago that I had in particular, Bill Arnett, uh, Craig Euler were two of my, my faves, my fave dudes. Um, it's so funny that you say that because <clears throat> I did the same thing with the second round of auditions. Mm-hmm. So the first one I did, uh, well enough to where Scott was like, I want you on my team. I made a mm-hmm. lot of support moves. Uh, but mm-hmm. the second time, yeah, I kind of came on. I don't want to say unsure, but like I didn't bring any characters. I didn't bring any fun. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have any energy. I wasn't matching people. I was trying to like do my own thing. Yeah. And so I ate shit. And then now the past like six months or whatever has been me trying to like correct. Mm-hmm. And so I love hearing you say that because I'm like, oh, I have a similar experience. Oh yeah. And I think that it's, um, I think especially for like kind of quasi, um, like, you know, sensitive white dudes, like that's kind of a, a huge tendency is to just be like, Oh, okay. Oh yeah. I mean, whatever, man. Like, uh, all right. You know? And then somebody's freaking out and you're like, what? Huh? You know, like, and that's like your, that's a move, you know? And it's like this tendency and maybe I'm attuned to it. Cause like, that's, that's me. I see myself. And I'm like, Oh man. Okay. Like, I know, I know what to do for you because it's unsure guy and you got to stop. You know, you got to catch yourself when you're being uncertain guy and just make crazy choices. 
Um, I just read this interview with Catherine O'Hara, who's amazing. She's on, have you watched Shit's Creek? Mm-mm. You should watch Shit's Creek. It's really okay. funny. Um, a lot of it is improvised. Eugene Levy, like Catherine O'Hara, Daniel Levy, Eugene Levy's son is in it? are like the creators and producers of it. Oh, wow. Um, that's, an, and then that's I forget the name of the, there's a, it's like a fan, it's like a reverse, um, Beverly Hillbillies where a rich family loses all their money and has to move to a small town. Interesting. Um, and it's really, really funny. Uh, we're watching it now, my wife and I, and, um, but yeah, those are also second city Toronto people and all the Christopher guest and stuff. So like any Christopher guest movie I was loved. Um, uh, and anyway, she, they were interviewing her cause there's a new season coming on and it was in know, vanity fair or something like that. Mm-hmm. I just saw it online and she was like, when in doubt play insane. Oh, interesting. I was like when she was on second city main stage, that was like her, she had to fill Gilda Radner's shoes, which is, you know, impossible. But, mm-hmm. um, she, uh, that was like her mantra was like, when I don't know what to do. I'm going to be, I'm going to make the most insane choice I possibly can. Oh, I love that. And then not justify it, you know, cause I know then you don't have to justify it. You're just crazy. Um, so I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like just, just be nuts. Um, so yeah, so that was the goal when I was in Chicago. Was so yeah, like, how did Chicago play out then? I don't, I, I don't know any of this story. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. Um, we were there for about two years. Um, and the improv part of it was, great and i loved like all the folks that i came up with um my buddy steve uh nelson who's still out there um like i we were just in chicago because that's where katie's whole family is so we went there over christmas and i was able to go and sit in with steve's team at io um and like do a set with him and his team and like my old teacher craig is on this team and now steve's on the team and these other guys that um it's a team called deep schwa uh, and they place like Sunday nights and that used to be our show. Like we would go Sunday nights and like, that was the show. Cause you got to see the Herald, like the early show was the Herald show and always is, um, closed by deep schwa. And then the late show was, um, middle age comeback who were these, uh, Craig and Jimmy who did a two man set that was insane. Um, and just like high energy and they both just be like dripping with sweat at the end of it. Oh, uh, and it was so awesome. Um, and it sounds so good. And then 3033, which is like the other mm-hmm. team. So, um, so it's, it's been really, uh, like special to go back and play with Steve on schwa. Like every now and then I'll, if I can, like, um, I've sat in with them probably, I don't know, five or six times now. That's um, so interesting. And it's, uh, man, it's awesome. Um, and I think that's where, you know, uh, like, that's a great place to be in, in that city. Um, so yeah, I got there and again, it's funny you say like, Oh, it's like two years in and I kind of see the landscape a little bit. Like it takes that long to kind of get up, up above yourself enough to see outside and mm-hmm. kind of see what else is going on and see options and well, what, yeah, you know? I feel like I'm around enough. And I mean, I obviously I love it cause I spend, I do. I feel like I do one practice or show or something every day. Like there's something comedy in oh, every wow. single day, and so yeah, getting to be around. It's like I get to see the shows. I get to see mm-hmm. like okay. I mean, I, I want to bring something. You, you mentioned two man show. Yeah. Uh, real quick, there was. I categorize certain sets as like this is a legendary set. I'll talk about this forever. I'm sure you have some. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. One of them. Do you remember the horse apples whisper set? 
Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Me and David. Oh my god, that was really fun. I think Two Men Set. That was the first thing that came out. It's just like that was one of the best sets uh, I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that's very nice of you to say. Oh my gosh, that was the, really fun for us. I and that one and then like the cor- the cornfield one. That yeah, was a, that, that, was that was. I think that was a boss's set. That was a boss. I remember a big st- stack houses. Set. Was in that he was like up in the he was up in the tower the whole yeah, time. Yeah, uh-huh. It was it was such a fun little bit. It really could. I oh mean, I take like little lessons from every little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I think um, internally. That is a goal that I've had for like ten years with my like long any any long form I'm, I'm doing mm-hmm. is I want to be able to look back and be like, oh, that was the blank set. Oh yeah, the whisper set, the whisper the set, the cornfield set, the whatever, like whatever yeah, the yeah, yeah. the Americana set or something is like from my team, like we from the, the indie the indie team that I was in on in Chicago, uh, the album uh, was the team in the album. Yeah, mm-hmm. did you guys uh, do the album? Yeah, well, that's where the format. So I, when I came here, I was like, this this format is called the album. That's not what we called it, but that's I started calling it that. What's it actually called? <laughs> it didn't have a name. That was just oh. the format we did. Oh wow! Or we did monologues, or so we you coined the. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that was a. That's, oh that's a little legacy from my old <laughs> that's team. That's so cool. There's my, no like, way. Team. That, there's no way that like anyone in my wave knows that at all. I don't think anybody really knows. I don't. I don't really tell people. Oh my gosh! No, so I just think that's what this form is called. That's crazy. Because <laughs> that's like um, if you're in, uh, you know, uh, other places, it's just like the format is like what the team name was called. So there's like, um, beer shark mice. And it's just like the beer shark mice format is the format that beer shark mice did or Foursquare or something like that. So you would know? you say, and I'm not trying to say, like, oh, this is our format, uh, but for example, like Detective, they do, um, like we do like the word association opener and then we just do like this crazy fast montage. Mm-hmm. Um, Resident Ghost has like the R Town, but like I could say Resident Ghost format and you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, interesting. No, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that's... yeah. Or like um, when we did Hot Prov on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, are, you, are you okay, by the way? I am okay. I am okay. But <laughs> I, I have a new answer for like what's um, what's your biggest regret <laughs> for your time at the theater? And number one, a fuck far ahead. Number one is now doing Hot Prov. <laughs> That was you didn't even do the last dab. No, I did not. It was still, it's, and it's still. Oh my gosh! I was um, on my hands and knees in my bathroom at text, like oh eleven p.m. Just violently. I'm going to so shaking, it, sweating, <laughs> vomiting, uh, mo- like moan, uncontrollably moaning in pain. Oh it was gosh. like. My entire intestines, my entire stomach was just on fire. It was like burning coals and on my stomach lining. Um, And I'm proud of my body for, it was just like, all right, everything out. Get out. And it was like, it was like really intense food poisoning, which I've never had food poisoning like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, so I, so the, the, one of the best things about hot prov and I I did not know this before doing it. Oh yeah. I did not know that there's a text threat. Oh, the text. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Th- so we have a post-show hot prov, and we talk about how much pain we're in. Mm-hmm. And so, the I'll even go back further. The time I did hot prov, yeah, um, everyone threw up. Everyone threw up. We had a text chain, but <laughs> I was. There. I heard that, but I was like, this was beyond what I would call throwing up. Oh, abs- oh, absolutely. No, no, no. So, <laughs> okay. So here, here's here's where 
Oh my gosh! It's like everyone threw up before me. I was the last one in, in our group oh, to throw no. up. But like, I was so confident that I wasn't <laughs> gonna throw up. I ate dinner. Oh no! And so I'm sitting on that couch right there with Matthew. Oh. We had both done it, and he's just like dying, and I'm just like, I'm good. Yeah. And then I start. My stomach just starts to inflate, and I'm ri- actually oh, yeah. writhing in pain. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. moaning. I'm yes. like, this is. And then I threw up. <laughs> For four straight minutes. <laughs> yes. And uh, if you want to know what color pizza rolls are when they come out, they're mostly orange. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, but then, okay, so this text thread. <laughs> so I uh, I have Katie's number. I have Anthony. I have Joe's. I didn't have yours or David's because normally we just talk and David and me use Facebook Messenger. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, David said, uh, we were like, oh, I'm not feeling great, blah, blah, blah. David said, I ordered, or, I got a, a text from one of the numbers saying, I ordered a burger from Five Guys with jalapenos. Let's keep it going. Katie okay, said, you're a monster. And at that point, I'm like, I texted Joe. I'm like, hey, which number is uh, Matt? Which one is David? <laughs> and then you texted me, just found pretty violently for like 15 minutes. Then did a child's pose, sweaty and shaky on the B-room floor for another 10. Think it's over? Anyway, great set, y'all. And, I was, and then I texted Joe. I'm like, never mind. I know which one's Matt. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're the fir- I think you're the first to throw up mid set. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good. Yeah. Good. You know. Um, <laughs> just, just, just to make it even more. I went. For yeah. You. Well, and I, what I didn't want to do, I was still. I had the presence of mind still, which I was pretty proud of myself. I was like, all right, what's the stage picture of me throwing up? There's actually a funny story of me going through classes, um, throwing up in the middle of a scene, but oh um, that I'll I'll relate in a moment, but. Um, I'm going to write that down before we get oh, yeah. going. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, yeah. So, I, in my head, I was like, okay, do I throw up? Do I stay in the scene and throw up on stage? Mm-hmm. Or do I leave and go to the green room and throw up? And I was like, if I throw up on stage, you just never know who in the audience is going to be, like, queasy about that stuff. And I didn't want to, like, start a, you know, stand by me style vomit chain <laughs> in the audience. I feel like this is really telling of you. You had the thought, yes, of course, like I'm not going to do this because I don't know, but your mind was like, I know it will be so amazing and funny <laughs> if I throw up on stage. You were prepared to do that. I, w- I thought about it for for a second. But then you had the right thought of like, I don't want, I shouldn't. And then I was like, no, I'm going to go into the back. But you were going to, and that's amazing. I was. I thought about it. Um, <laughs> what's the stage picture of me throwing up on stage? Yeah, I was like, ah, should I just like, cause the, the show is about watching people deal with it. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, I'm well, I'm going to take away this part of me dealing with it. Yeah. Like this the part, art demands. This I this throw part, up yeah, like, on is, stage. Is this, is this, is the, the bit that I throw up on stage. And then I was like, no, somebody's going to throw up in the audience. And if I came out to see a comedy show and wound up throwing up and just like, if you don't know what that show is and then, and there was set one. And so it's like, it's a refinery. We don't tell you what the acts are. No, no, It was like, okay, cool. Hey, I showed up for a comedy show and now 15 minutes later after I sat down and the show started, a person is vomiting on stage, (laughs) like for real. And I was like, that's not good. <laughs> we should not treat our patrons that way. Oh, my gosh. These people, you know, you work all week. That show costs money. You know, yeah, like you spend, you spend your $5, you get a drink, you know. Yeah, that's a $10 night. You right didn't there. You didn't pay to see somebody, you didn't watch somebody vomit on stage but every- while they're sweating and crying. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you came here to see. The sweating uh, and crying, fine. But, you know, that yeah, was too much. That's so, yeah. a bonus. So I went, 
I went into the green room and threw up twice and then came out and did the last scene, but didn't eat the last chip. Anthony ate, first of all, Anthony ate your chip too. I know he did. Well, I came out and I was like, maybe I'll do the last one. Um, and it was better for you that you didn't. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm very pleased that <laughs> it wasn't an option for me because I might You were almost it. worse off for even not having it than, than David or David. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't. It just hit you in a different way, I it guess. It couldn't have gone worse. I don't think. Well, th- what was funny is they found a reason to bring you back on. Yeah. Yeah. That, was the, up, that was the beautiful thing. Well, and that's the like, um, that to me is what that format is about is like, um, circle. Well, or just like it's about justifying physically what is happening to you without talking about spice and fire and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. That it's like we need to justify this physical situation. Um, it's very like short form game in that respect where it's like, okay, like let's justify this. Like it's just, it's all with that, without saying, Oh my God, it's so hot or Oh, it's on fire. Which yeah, was the yeah. first hot prop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They did that, which is totally, totally um, normal. Oh my gosh. First time oh, you're doing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, I, I remember watching that and I was like, Oh yeah. Like I'd rather see something way, way different than that. Mm-hmm. Um, where there is also the spicy food going on. Like everybody knows the food is spicy and it's on your mouth is on fire and you're crying. So like, how do we do a scene where, and I'm, I, I, will, I will say having done it and having watched you do it, you guys, it was almost a little bit of like, I could see you guys still doing it. I could see you guys still thinking in terms of like, everything is bad. Like there was a scene where you're like, like, I'm dying. I'm dying. That was like actual, <laughs> yeah, right. just like screaming. I want to die. I want to die. Cause you want to die in that <laughs> yeah, moment. It hurts. I just, I just wanted everything to be over and I, uh, so I'm like, I'm grateful for the experience, Oh yeah. but there is, if anyone cares about me in any way, you, you will never let me do that show again. That was God awful. I have been begging them to let me do it again. <laughs> and there's I a, can't, I can't believe it. There's I a screenshot of me saying, <laughs> I will never do this show again, but you get far enough away that you forget about them. No, the, the I'm trying to keep it fresh in my mind. That well, I promise awful. you, you will forget. If you don't, like, make be it, like, make oh, it, that wasn't so bad. Send a video to like Anthony and Joe. And just like, like if I ever want to ask <laughs> this again, show this, show this video <laughs> off me to myself. <laughs> just you Cloverfield style. Just, Matt. <laughs> Number one, I'm disappointed you're watching this video. I have to say, I thought I thought better of us. Um, you can't do this set again. Do you remember how your wife was almost going to drive you to the hospital? Like Katie thought about it. She was like, I thought about, you know, if it didn't pass quickly, um, that we were going to have to go to the hospital because like, if your like spleen is like on the edge of rupturing, something like that can like burst it or something. Like, well, I don't know. It's just like, it was like very physically intense. It was, um, it was horrific. So, and yeah, uncontrollably moaning in pain. 
Yeah, which that's what it is. Yeah, because your body's like. I was like, oh, it's, it's literally. Uh, that was me on the couch. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're, we are literally just like watching a, a TV together. Yeah, and, and I'm just over there, just suddenly. Like, oh fuck! <laughs> oh, don't look at me! Don't look at me right yeah. now! And I was, I tried to find a comfortable position. I was, Child's I was pose. rolling around, and yeah, couldn't, I couldn't get comfortable. And I was like, I am. I've never felt like I wanted to vomit so much in my life. Oh, that was terrible. Eventually, you run out of shit too. It just oh hurts. yeah, it was all it was everything up. It was all everything gone. Everything. Um, which again, I was. Did you like, swallowed any gum in the past seven years? Like that, you're, you're clear <laughs> that's now. Out. Yeah, you're yeah. Uh, watermelon seeds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, terrible. I mean, I, the experience of doing this set is what I really wanted. <gasps> was like how how what is it like to be in that state physically and still try and perform. Um, cause I did, I went to, this was back with the album in Chicago. I was, I had like very, I was very, very sick and I was coming down with the flu, but I didn't want to admit it to myself. And so it was like, it hit me very quickly. And we, back then we rehearsed from like 10 PM to midnight or something was like when everybody was available. It was like Tuesdays and rehearsal started at 10 and then we'd all go to work the next day. Like it would, it would end thing. at midnight and then we'd like go home. And so I get home at like, you know, 1 a.m. and then go to work. Wind down and then like wake up at 7 to get ready or whatever. Yep. So not so a lot like, of sleep. You're not getting as much no, the, like, enough you know, sleep. Everybody was like, okay, yeah, we're gonna we're all going to work tired tomorrow. Um, the art demand. Yeah. Uh, well, it was just like we all wanted to play together and that was when we could meet. So that's when we met. Um, makes sense. And so we were at, uh, so this was also very cool for me because I was like, oh, man. I am because our coach, uh, Craig also taught at second city. And if you teach at second city, you can like rent out the rooms for free for anything. Um, as one of the perks there. So I was like in a rehearsal room at second city and I was like, Oh dude, this is part of it. This is part of me doing it. Um, with my indie team. Um, and I was in a scene where my, and Steve and I actually just talked about this on, you know, when I was there in town, um, mm-hmm. I was in a scene where we were, uh, standing when they had poured cement on a sidewalk and we were trapped, like our feet were trapped, um, in cement. And we were just like, that was the scene. I don't remember the content of it. Sure. And then midway through, we were like a minute and a half in, we had just kind of got into it and we like figured everything out and we were, you know, playing with the dynamics of it or whatever. And I walked over to the small trash can that was in the room and was like, <laughs> and this was like an hour into practice. And Craig was like, Okay. That's the end of practice. Uh, Matt, you need to go home. <laughs> and this was uh, like a day later. I was like, I'm not that sick. Or no, I, so I got very sick. I had the flu. And then I tried to go to work like two days before I should have. You know that day when you're like, I feel better. I'm just going to resume my normal life. Might as well save a sick day. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to take a sick day. No. You know, I don't get that many. I was like, I had just gotten, like finished my internship and like hired on. Um, I only get 10 of these. Yeah. I was like, I don't get that many sick days. And I, want, I need to go home for Christmas. And, um <laughs> So I was like, I passed out on the L. I like got on the train oh, fuck. and I was so dehydrated <laughs> and I was so like hot because it was like winter. So I was, I had my coat on, but then you get on the train and everybody's got their coats on and you get hot. Yep. And so I got hot and dehydrated and I, I like came to and I was, I like passed out, hit the ground and woke up right away. And somebody was like, are you okay? And like offered me a water bottle. 
And I was like, ah, I guess I should have taken that sick day. Ha ha. And everybody's like, oh, he's joking. That's good. That's okay. He's telling a joke. <laughs> he's okay. Uh, and so like I got off at the next stop and like transferred back to the like way to get opposite home. side and then like went, mm-hmm. went back home and took a fucking sick day. Ugh. Um, so yeah, but that was, uh, we were just talking about that rehearsal, um, the other day. Oh, that's so, so funny that you were also revisiting it. I'm also glad yeah. we got, we got the audio. So if you ever do want to do hot prov again, like I can just send Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, um, we'll clip yeah, that. Thank you. Okay. We'll good. 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 Um, and it's yeah. Okay. So anyway, so it's interesting you talk about that because there's sort of like my, my improv journey. Um, there was a, I, I got to a point in Chicago where I kind of saw the, the track that you yes. had to get, <clears throat> like what you had to do to get on main stage. Uh, and so, I mean, number one is start to take classes in second city, but not, but the, to take the level of classes that you have to audition to get in. So there's like one entire level of classes. You just, if you pay for it, you're in. Mm -hmm. And then there's an entire other track where you audition and get in and then you pay, but like you, they won't let you in without, without, without auditioning first. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, the next round of that auditions for that are coming up. Um, and that was like on our team, we were going to like all audition kind of as a team oh. album. Um, and like whoever got in, got in. Oh, no. Um, I think Burbiglia just put out kind of a movie about that. I don't know if it was recently or how dated the podcast was. Oh, it was, um, don't think twice. Yeah. 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 I have thoughts about don't think twice. I think it's, I haven't seen it, but I know the, basically the gist. Yeah. But that, that, that's what I think of is like your I whole thing about like an improv movie and the improv is bad. <laughs> The improv isn't good in it's that movie. It's not good. No, it's bad. I the improv, you. like they, because they show shows, and it's bad. Except for Chris Gethard. Chris Gethard's great in it, but like as an improviser, that disappoints me because I know uh, Key Mike Key's in there, and yeah. I've always known him as a good improviser. Yeah, but they make him do. He's like the guy that makes it. Yeah, he's the douchey guy. Um, is he douchey? I don't. I don't, I don't know. I he's don't not know douchey, that. but like they all, they're like all together on an indie team, and then one guy makes it onto like SNL. Yeah, yeah, in New York. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. Post. Uh, and so he's having to do like the narrative work of the movie. So like when he's improvising, he's doing moves that are also like, I need to be a douchebag. He's not just in the scene. He's like in the movie behaving shittily and doing his like SNL character in the set. Oh, and then the audience is like, so it's like his, his improv work is like the, is the narrative. Uh, and so he's not allowed to just be in a scene, I don't think. Um, anyway, so in- that, I don't, I, don't no, like no, 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 I love okay. Mike Birbiglia, but I do not, that movie is, it sucks. Uh, as an, as an improv movie. I think he would appreciate your honesty. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. Um, I'm very much looking forward to the new show. I will say though, listening uh, listening to a podcast where basically that's what they talked about. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of good things that he had to say about it. Yeah. That like, okay, I get it. Like the improv and whatever, but like there, I, I again, I don't remember them because I haven't seen it. But like there were a couple mm-hmm. themes I'm sure you could pull that you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, actually, and so um, here's another name. So on the album, <laughs> we like this happened to us. I mean, we had all like okay. Broke, yeah. So back to your story. We had broken up. Um, or like I moved to Richmond and then a new guy came in and then, um, okay. So moving to Richmond, I'll start there. Well, wait, uh, were you talking about auditioning for the next round of classes? Yeah. So that we were going to do that. And then eventually like, that's when my wife and I decided to move back to Richmond. Ah, uh, so you didn't know you, because never, I you saw, never did it. No, no, I never oh. took classes at second city, but that was like the next move because that my goal, you know, main stage. So we'll never know how, if you, but it's oh, like, wow, that's crazy. But it would have been, 
I was like, okay, let's start there. And there was a guy, a couple guys that I went through classes with, um, the folks that I went through classes with when I was there were on like the, the folks who were like still in it and made it onto main stage that happened for them like two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. I saw like Jameson was in a cast on main stage. This guy that was like in a different cohort in the same kind of like level as we were going through. Okay. Okay. Your wave. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there would be like multiple 301 classes, multiple 401 classes or level three, level four, level five, Mm -hmm. five a five B. Um, so, or level five, level five B. Now there's a four and a four B. I think there's like seven levels there. No, anyway. Um, so, um, yeah, so that was like, uh, from the time that I lived there was like solidly six or seven years of like grinding Mm -hmm. and going on tour co and going on the boat, which they don't do anymore. But like that was, you would go on a cruise ship and do the same like second city best of, um, the tour code that comes through like U of R every year, like that's a, one of the, um, like ways you move up the ladder there. Um, and it was going to take at least two and a half years, probably more like four to do what I wanted to do, which was like teach. I wanted like, I wanted to teach. I wanted to do shows. I wanted to start, uh, was coaching ever on the docket for you? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Coaching, teaching, <laughs> leading, um, yeah, yeah, like like moving up, you know. Yeah, and yeah. so that was um, the imp- the improv part of that decision. There's all kinds of like you know personal and family parts of the decision. Oh, of course. But um, the improv part of the decision was like, okay, well, I can I can stay in Chicago and you know run the track, which is very well established because the scene is so well established. So, like yeah. what you have to do and like the dues you have to pay are pretty. Every now and then, somebody like leapfrogs the whole system and is you know some shooting star or something, but. Mm-hmm the majority, like that wasn't going to be me. I didn't think, um, and, or I can move to Richmond where I still know comedy sports folks that are doing long form and we can like start to build up. Like I could go there and like start to teach and start to coach almost right away, you know, and start to perform regularly, like regular weekly performances, you know, monthly performances or whatever. Um, and so that for the improv part of it, I was like, you know, that's the other, this is one of, this is how Chris Gethard's Chris storyline ends in Don't Think Twice is he opens an improv theater in his hometown. He like moves away from New York and he opens up a oh, theater. So you're, you're the Chris Gethard, basically. Um, well, that's very nice of you to say. But yeah, like that storyline is like, that's, that's another dream. Like there's another dream out there, which is I'm going to go to my hometown and, you know, be part of the movement there the scene there yeah, the scene know, there. yeah. yeah, yeah. so um uh yeah yeah so growing up here too i was like man i wish there was a theater like this there wasn't any, you yeah. know bringing um, bringing first of all like all the cool things you learned on your journey but not and like starting a new like place where people can pick up cool things they take on their journey like yeah i don't know how long i'll be in richmond but like i'll always have mm-hmm. uh you know the coalition like that that's my background yeah and no I matter think, what i do no matter what anyone in our mm-hmm. again our wave does like that's this is our home yeah yeah yeah, and so you always like, and I think it's interesting now that we've got enough, we've been around long enough that now there's folks in who are moving from here to like the markets. This is in someone's past. This is you like, know, oh, and they're like, they're like, oh yeah, I came up through, you know, I'm a Richmond improviser. It's like, oh, those, like, I wonder what that's going to be in another, you know, however many years of like, how big, how big, how big, how big does it go? Well, yeah, like who, you know, I owe you no know annoyance. Are you going to know coalition? 
I don't know. Or not even that, but like the people where it's like, oh, like such and such, you know, Wayne Brady was like a comedy sports guy from back in the day. And, um, like that kind of stuff. Like is, who's, is anybody going to make it to that, uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. level? Is anybody going to want choose and be able to do those things? There are, I think there's already folks that are like hitting the bricks on yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. You know, like folks that have moved to Chicago, moved to New York. I don't think anybody's moved to LA yet. I know someone in the comedy scene here who moved to L.A. That's the only one I know of. Mary uh-huh. Jane French. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Mary Jane French moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, man, she's going to kill it. Oh. And I'm sure already is. But um, she, the one thing I've seen, uh, I know when she moved, like, I've seen a lot of show posters. Like, she is out there. Uh-huh. She's getting in there. So I'm super proud. And she's somebody that Former also. Former show. Yeah. Also somebody that, um, like, hustles on the admin stuff. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, the ad. Well, I mean, that's how you kind of. Make, set yourself apart. You can be very funny, but if you don't like book the shows, yeah. So here's the um, the don't think twice moment. So on the album, one of our uh, like one of the dudes on the album was Alex Moffat, who's now on SNL, and we were like doing like we were on the same indie team in Chicago. We came up through classes together. We were on the same Herald. Like we both got up put on the Herald team at the same time as we were kind of, and then he moved to LA. <laughs> And that dude hustles harder than probably anybody I know. And he was producing his own shows and writing his own musical where he was Bill Clinton or, and his wife was Hillary or something like that, <laughs> uh, out in LA. Um, and you know, very rightfully got seen and is now, uh, up there. I haven't seen him in a long time, but, um, we were just like texting back and forth. But holy shit, you're literally the album is don't think twice. It was weird. Cause it was like, Oh shit. He like, I, I had a, the same moment because I was like, I am watching the first show Alex is on, like see, episode, you know, whatever, episode one, season whatever that he was on. And it was uh, that moment where, like, you see his face and it's like, Alex Moffat. And I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Fuck, like, dude. yeah, I, I know that guy. We've, boy made yeah. it. I, um, I have shook down with that man so many times. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. We used to, <laughs> you know, like, we were, we were buds. We were friends. Um, and, you know, lost touch. Uh, of as, but as, as you do, as you do. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was that was interesting. I don't know. I don't. I don't uh, claim a lot of that. But that was like just a um, an interesting part of that. That's so funny that, that I journey. bring up the movie, and then mm-hmm. your story is literally almost that. Yeah, someone yeah. literally made an SNL like this, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, you, you did the you did the Chris Gethard thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know any other characters or whoever, but like two things. Come on, yeah, it's very um, yeah. And then there's other folks that are like you know doing the writing packets and still trying to make. There's another couple friends that we've got that are in LA. Um, this one dude Travis is like now an actor. And so I'll see like on Facebook, he's, he produces his own like monologues where he's like in character monologuing about there. He just had one where he like got his own, like he got like put neck tattoos on himself and was doing this like Massachusetts, Maine accent and talking about like (laughs) how he got into fixing cars and stuff. And so like, he's like hustling to be an actor and um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, that's cool too. It's like to, to have. At least peripherally, like kept up with everybody. Um, so you're about let's see, twenty five, twenty six, maybe. When I moved to back to Richmond, back to Richmond um, around that time, close enough. Yeah, because uh-huh. you moved to Chicago. You have two years, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you come back, and this is again two thousand five, two thousand six, and the theater started two thousand eleven. This would have been two thousand nine. Oh, okay. So the theater. Um, Correct the dates. Yeah, yeah. Our first. 
show as Richmond Comedy Coalition was, I think it was like June something, 2009. So this year is 10 years from wow. that first show. From the first show in June. At Art 6. Wow. How does that feel? Almost a decade. It's weird, yeah, um, that this is going to be 10 years. Um, I don't know. It feels like it's been lo- longer than that, and it feels like it's been a lot shorter than that. Um, yeah, that we're into the double digits of performing and doing shows and still doing what we're doing. Um the thing that I think has really caught me by surprise or that I didn't expect is like how much of, um, it's like, well, I don't know. It's like when you do a show and the show like has its own kind of personality, you know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. this kind of idea that like not, we're all, it's like this, you know, if there's four of us on stage, there's this fifth thing that has its own kind of desires and that's the show. And you, you were all in service of this other thing, the show. Uh, and it kind of has, has its own things that it seems to want and seems to like demand of you or be asking for or something, you know, like, and you have to kind of listen to the show and like, what does the show need right now? Kind of like when maybe things aren't going well and you're like, things aren't going well. Yeah. The show, show, the the show needs more. That's the show (laughs) calling to you. To do something. Make I don't know crazy, what it is. Make a big choice, change it, mm-hmm. change the flow, whatever it is. Yeah. Show's not happy. You got to change it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that voice in your oh, head wow. I've, I've recast as like the voice of the show. And the show is like, whew, the I scene is kind of like, maybe just edit. Just edit it. Just, just, just edit mercy the scene. edit. It. Who yeah, cares? just pull it and start something new. Start we'll, something, change maybe, it everything. Yeah, because you can always come back to those ideas and like the show is I like, always come back, yeah. kill me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but... Or the scene is saying that. Um, but yeah, the that show is like, saying, kill the scene. Yeah, yeah. The show is kind of calling to you. Um, and there's, it's been really interesting, like, how much of a kind of mind of its own. Like, it's its own entity that we don't really have a ton of control over, like, the community of the theater. You know, like, it kind of has its own, outside of any one person in it, um, you know, has its own kind of wants and needs and direction to move in. And just trying to really continue to listen to it, you know, like listen to and really just like listen very carefully to folks like you, like new folks in the scene who were like, um, or not even in the scene, but like attached to the theater who were like, it'd be really cool if the theater could. And then whatever that is, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Like that's not stuff that was not ever in the plan uh, to begin with or that we never even really thought of. Um, that we're now kind of like, yeah, yeah. How do we be the best uh, at whatever that is and mm-hmm. like, still do good shows and still, I mean, that's still what we want the core to be is like, we do good shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, can we also be, uh, can we also navigate like capital and money in a way that is oh. respectful and <clears throat> the admin stuff always is going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of stuff that like administratively we can do that is, um, you know, it always kind of lives in the, the theater, the space itself. Like it always lives in the, because we're, you know, in a capitalist society, like it always had, you need money to do stuff. And so you're always kind of, um, between artistically, like the purity of your artistic idea and then the reality of, um, what it's going to take to get it done. Yeah. Like getting it done and money to put it up and rent to pay and, 
even if you know you're not in your own space, like you've got to cut a check to Gallery Five or you know whoever, like you still have to deal with finances and stuff. So, um, can we do that in a way that's still intentional and still like creating space in the community for diversity and representation for um, you know recognizing folks artistic endeavors with money more in a way that is thoughtful and still good. Like, um, I don't know if you've been, have you been paying attention at all to the UCB stuff going a little, on? A little bit. Not their performers getting anything. paid. No, I guess if you want to give me a quick like synopsis. So there's like, there was this big, um, in LA, there's been this big meeting, um, where they had like some of the, it was like Matt Besser and, um, I think it was Ian Roberts. No, Matt Walsh. I forget one of those guys. They kind of look similar to me and I don't, I don't <laughs> remember who's who, but they had this like town hall forum about paying, um, performers and like why they don't. And, and this happened when they opened UCB East several years ago. I listened to a podcast with Matt the two of them on it. And they were like, here's why we don't like, here's the model and here's where we don't pay. And because we view the value as like, we do all the administrative bullshit that you don't want to do. So all you have to do is show up and do your show and have fun. That's the value the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. That's the value is like, um, we're paying, we, we would pay you, but we would charge you the exact same amount to get you to yeah. where you would be getting paid. Then we're just a venue and we're taking a <laughs> cut and we're negotiating things. And we're, you know, like that was, um, and we're selecting shows, there's a lot less room for experimental ideas. Uh, yeah, there's a lot yeah, less. Yeah. And so that was for them. It was like the kind of Petri dish of, uh, the shows is what like the shows that make a lot of money. Don't pay the performers that are in them. This is, you know, uh, Matt Pass talking, mm-hmm. um, not Matt Newman. Um, <laughs> the shows that make a lot of money pay for the shows that don't. And because the shows that don't make a lot of money now, are going to be the ones that make money later. Interesting. And then they'll pay for the next round of shows. And so it's this like very kind of socialist. Um, it's like the concept. only way we can keep what, what he's, what I'm guessing what he's saying is like the only way we can keep this thing going is by not paying because these shows bring in a lot of money where we could pay, but like these shows don't. So we make it, as you said, we are a venue. Yeah. And so they're, <laughs> um, because, uh, yeah, as you put up your own shows, I don't know. Have you ever done, um, like put up a show, Elsewhere, where you have to like pay a cut of the door to the venue, I've never done that. No. Okay, you should. Um, but that's like what they're talking about. Of like, once you do that, and you kind of know what that's like, it's like you don't have to do that to perform here. You just like if your idea is good, we'll put it up. At the, you mean at the coalition? A coalition and at UCB. This is kind of the oh, okay the, the thought. Model. But I think they're yeah. they're very like okay. Well, the, this model and the, the huge difference is that we're a nonprofit and they're still for profit mm-hmm. and owned by you know Amy Poehler and Matt Besser and like these guys that are in terms of comedy like very successful and rich, um, and still not paying anybody and have this like massive complex in LA and like where where does all the money go and anyway there's like so all that, kinds of questions that performers are asking. And they're like, this is a very successful, like, comedy money-making machine. Um, Why is my time not worth performing? And in general, their leadership's answer is like, if you want to get paid, perform somewhere else. Like, 
just perform. So put your show up somewhere else. Like UCB is run like this. And if you don't want to perform at UCB, all right, cool. Like go somewhere else. Um, and their community right now, or at least, you know, some very vocal folks in the community, a vocal piece of it is like, no, that's bullshit. You need to still pay us. So it's um, a, is it like a whole like debate? Kind mm-hmm. of right now? Yeah. There's this really interesting article about it. Um, which is what you were referencing to begin with. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I read. Um, just trying to keep up with the, the you know, theater going on and other, how other folks are like, what questions they're asking and how they're handling it. And, um, so that's kind of an interesting, so we're, we're like, that has got us administratively asking the same questions of ourselves. Um, <clears throat> like, uh, we want for it to be the case that people are paid for their creativity and their artistic endeavors. And that is like, societally an issue where that kind of creative work uh is undervalued majority of people undervalued yeah creative mm-hmm. work and do for exposure like yeah yeah is. right uh and are we falling into this trap of like uh not listening to people and not changing because we're like well that's bullshit you know like then you start a theater where you pay people then you know because that's not what we do here so um you know yeah like just kind of examining that kind of stuff is kind of where we're so like, I've never thought about, I've never thought about getting paid to do whatever show it is. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I just think it's like a fun thing to do. It, it just, yeah. it just came up as a fun thing. Yeah. yeah. But I, I guess the thought is like, when, when you look at devaluing art, like, yeah, these people are dedicating their lives. Like if I was, mm-hmm. if I was you and I didn't own a theater, let's just say like, or whatever it is. <clears throat> and I'm putting out like great work. Like the thought is like, if I'm doing really great, then in the terms of like if I'm a great graphic designer and I'm doing a great graphic for your company, like you should mm. pay me. Yeah. So I guess that's the other side of the argument, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That it's like in that vein of creative work, like sketch shows, like any of those kind of things that we've done, like a lot of time goes into that, a lot of energy, a lot of creative juices flow into all of that stuff. Um, people rehearse weekly. Uh, and are we, um, and again, because we're in a nonprofit legally, there's, it's like a different argument, but like structurally mm-hmm. we still charge for shows and we still charge for classes and we still do that, you know? So are we, um, you know, kind of handling the fact that we do generate money responsibly? Uh, and what does that model even look like if we were to start to pay people? And there's some folks who do like there's performers like that you do get paid sometimes, um, and like, what does it even mean? So like, those are the kind of questions just that were, keeps coming back to admin well, stuff. Huh? And there's a difference, uh, in <laughs> there's like, is that a lever we could pull that would affect another huge goal, which is like diversity representation mm-hmm. that if you are, um, you know, how many people are we missing out on, uh, or, you know, how, how homogenous are we because we don't do that? So like, that's another question is like, um, for folks who are not, you know, uh, privileged enough to be able to take three hours on a Wednesday night and then another three or four hours on a Friday night, um, to like engage in this thing for free, you know, how many voices are we missing because, um, we aren't paying for that time where if you even made a little bit of money, um, that would totally change the equation for you and we would, you know, attract more folks. But then how does that affect the creative product? Like then, cause then we're gonna have to be more selectional about <laughs> what shows you put on shows and stuff, but we already are, you know, we already make choices mm-hmm. about what goes up and what doesn't. 
So I don't know. That's kind of the the the, the whole big debate a, about a it. Peek into and yeah. there's a lot of um, I nobody that I'm aware of is really like we're not holding a town hall about it because people are like fuck you you need to pay us this mm-hmm. is bullshit. Uh, but that is that's going on and like we should we should be asking ourselves those same questions or you you know well, I, or at I, least questioning that for ourselves and make sure we're not missing something. Absolutely. No, being a part of the community, I feel grateful that you guys are like thinking about it, but I will back up. I will speak for myself only, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people would echo like none of us have thought about it. Like we feel grateful that we get to do these shows. Mm -hmm. I feel grateful that I get to put on a show like my show, like live, like that's Mm -hmm. the fact that I get to do that is like crazy. And then the fact that I get to be in other shows, like whatever it may be, like that to me is like crazy Mm -hmm. enough. It's like, you don't have to pay me. Like I love doing this. It's so fun. Yeah. I think that's awesome, and there's like a spark of that that's we need to be conscious of and carry forward. However, that is also um, there are other scenes. There's another article that's kind of made made the rounds. I don't know if you saw about um, one of the. I think he was like the artistic director for a little while of New Movement. I heard a little. Yeah, um, that was another. Like he wrote this blog post that was uh, eye opening about his experience in that community. Um, and there is a kind of, and we, we try and be very vocal about it from the jump of like the, the thing that makes improv, you know, the like yes and mentality, like accept without judgment, uh, this kind of radical acceptance can create like a, you know, uh, hunting ground, like predatory hunting ground for people who want to take advantage of vulnerable people. So, you know, this kind of like, oh, well, we're just like the island of misfits. And when you're having a rough time, you come in. Um, and we welcome you and, um, vulnerable people are, you know, opening themselves up and like, there's a, there's a very like beautiful, uh, part of that. But then there's also, you know, that comes at a cost, which is people who want to be predatory, see that and start to move in. And, you know, so if it's like, um, somebody called uh, a theater, like a unicorn sanctuary, um, where it's like, oh, like all these special people come here and it's a unicorn sanctuary. Um, and for a while I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to be a unicorn sanctuary because like, if you look into poach unicorns to torture this metaphor, uh, like, you know, exactly where to go. Like there's, um, I want to be a good comedy theater, you know? So, and I want to do good comedy shows and like that, that kind of like, let's protect our, the folks who are part of this by not sort of having this kind of cultish. Yeah. And that was the word that this guy used about movement. It was this kind of like cult and this kind of cult of personality around the founders and stuff. And, um, that's interesting too. And like, how are, how are we responding to that? Like, let's check ourselves on that. Are mm-hmm. we, um, I don't think that we're in that same vein. Uh, but you know, cause one of the things that they did was also isolate people from the, like from the rest of the community. So it'd be like, Oh, we don't like, I'm disappointed that you performed at comedy sports. Like, um, cause like, I don't know, man. It's just like, hey, Barb's a uh, a coalition house team. Yeah, it's like you guys are like a house team. So, but like you guys don't think that way. I feel like it's important to say that yeah, immediately. Yeah. Like yeah, you guys yeah. don't. You guys don't. Yeah. You guys are like again. Um, I think David actually said it on his episode. He's like, if you have an idea for a show, like go do it. Go do yeah. it. Gallery five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go do it. Saturday eight o'clock. Gallery five. You can get that slot. Like, oh man, go do it. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's something where, um, and I said this on stage when we were there too. It's like, man, like yeah, open up a theater across the street, and now we can start the improv district. You know, like, so we can, um, I think that's going to be a, the next kind of big, uh, I don't know when it's going to happen, but that's like, to me, that's the next, um, Chris George actually has this like, uh, 
cataloging categorical system for different improv communities because he's like a one man band. He travels to a bunch of these different festivals and stuff and teaches and does the, does I am the show. Um, and so he is in touch with a lot of different communities as a traveling improviser. Um, and he has this whole like cataloging system for like where your, uh, your, it's like na- you're a nascent improv community. You are an, uh, an advanced improv community. You're an established improv. He's got these different names. Um, so where do we fit? I forget what the name is, but there's like, you have, you know, no theater, you have one theater where kind of everything happens. You have two theaters and then there's like, you know, established, which is like multiple established theaters having shows. Uh, and so we have for Richmond, I think we've, you know, we're fairly advanced in huge part due to, uh, the work that, Christine Walters and Dave Gao especially have done with comedy sports. Like they started that in 1995, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, and it's still going strong. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shows every weekend, you know? Um, and they were, that was a different time in trying to explain to people what improv was. That was a different time in trying to get people out to shows. Um, and even before them, like the history of improv in Richmond is really interesting to think about. about. I don't know if you've met, um, Jeff Clevenger, uh, but yeah, Clev's been in the scene in Richmond for forever. He was okay. part of um, uh, Random Acts was one of the groups. Um, and even before that, was it Random Acts or where they called something else? And they would do an improv show out at the Ashland Coffee and Tea every week, like on Wednesday or something um, in like 1992. You know, so like the it's been around for a while. Like the, the Coalition Theater did not invent improv in Richmond by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither are they claiming to. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so I think that that's like we're for the size city we are because of the work that a lot of folks have done already, especially Christine and Dave. Um, we are like a much more established community for our size city mm-hmm. than um, like other places. So, um, yeah, that's I think that's very that's a special thing about the scene in Richmond too is it's been a, it's been around for a lot longer than I think people realize. It's got a it's like it's like Chipotle. It's like I didn't know they've been around since the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is exactly. Chipotle. It's so funny. I was actually so I got to I got to play with Barb at that show because oh, cool. yeah, yeah. I couldn't get uh, people to like enough people to go. But like you know, like I performed with a bunch of them and mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah, just sit in, just know? sit in. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a fun show. Nice, but uh, being in the green room, I don't know if you know this, but I, I do. think your your picture's near a trophy or something. Uh, I don't know about trophy. I think I remember seeing. I don't. I I remember seeing a picture and it was leaning against a big trophy. Mm-hmm. There's like a picture of like there's like pictures of Katie on the wall like in yep. the show. And there's like a picture of Aaron Grant as oh, like yeah, the yeah. referee. Oh man, Aaron was so funny. There's oh, a guy now what um, happened to who him? was also holy. Oh, yeah, God, I don't know. <laughs> you got a kid. You don't, don't. You know, I'm not making the wrong decision. Look at Aaron. He's got so so much less funny when he had a kid. Um, yeah, there's uh, a. Because we would do like musical comedy parody stuff too, so I was in the musical Matrix. That was oh man, that was such a fun show to be in. Um, Katie was in that. It's a musical Matrix. Yeah, the musical Matrix. Um, I think we need a redub. I did. Uh, I played Tank and my solo. So Tank, the guy that like logs everybody in, he, but he's from uh, Zion. It was uh, so he's like a, a natural grown person, human being. And I did, uh, you know, for the scene where the Morpheus and Neo fight for the first time, I sang mm-hmm. uh, Kung Fu Fighting. 
Everybody in there, kung fu fighting. Morpheus is fast as light. Oh my gosh. Um, Neo's skill is quite exciting. There's a DVD of it somewhere. <laughs> we, again, we need these <laughs> There's things. There's documentation of these things. Posted. Me and, You're starting a YouTube movement, yeah. and it starts with that video yeah. right there. And me and Pyjor were in Search, yeah. a sketch group called Vast Difference, which is all dudes. Nice. Um, and there's of a, course, there's a, of course you, nobody's, nobody's going to question you on that. Of course you were. <laughs> uh, and there's a video somewhere on the internet of us doing uh, what we call the diaper dance. Please somebody find um, this. If you're listening, just give it a quick Google. Uh, the diaper um, dance. Matt Newman, what's that one? Feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Feel good. Whatever. Um, feel good ink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we did it to that song. Um, that was <laughs> that's awesome. Amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I, that's the kind of vibe that I think we wanted to, yeah, there was a time where I was, um, again, like helping Christine at comedy sports, like with some of the admin stuff, mm-hmm. like I was, um, painting furniture and, um, there was a time when I was like cold calling elementary schools to try and get like classes going in those places. Sure. Um, which looking back, it's like, who is this, you know, 17 year old who's calling us? I mean, like, uh, have you ever thought about, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, yeah. And so we, um, and then we also like helped out because it was a, I worked and like, um, waited tables there and we couldn't do the box office because we weren't, um, old enough to open beers, but there was somebody who was 21 um, who would open the beers and that was, you know, uh, and then we'd run them out. So yeah, that was like, that kind of vibe is something that I, this kind of like clubhouse kind of like, we're just like trying the shows and doing it is the kind of thing that we've tried to maintain of like how fun it is just to like come up with an idea and then try it out and like get an audience and, um, but yeah, then continue to do that in a way that's like really conscious and, um, yeah. So what is the, what is that guy? I have a question for you. Oh, what is some of the work that you've seen on stage that you get really excited about? Like what shows do you get really excited to go see? Um, oh, interesting. It's coalition elsewhere, wherever. Like, Any, what do you get excited to go see comedy wise? I think what it is for me is <clears throat> oftentimes it'll be shows of like, I know the people or like I've seen the show, like a good example. Yeehaw. Have you seen Yeehaw? No. It's a comedy duo. It's Anthony and Dan. Okay. And they come out and they're wearing all denim. Anthony's got a vest, like an eagle shirt. Dan's got, like, they have all these, like, we're America. Okay, good. Um, And their names are Dallas, Dallas, Texas, and Seattle, Washington. Like, those are their, like. like, I've seen pictures of this, but I haven't seen the set. And so what they would do, and the funny thing was they'd come out with a beer, and then the first set they did was, like, they were doing a monologue. Or, like, just, like, two two people just sitting there just, like, talking about, like, and it was, like, they're, like morticians and they have a foot fetish or something like that. It was really funny, but they kept like pulling beers out of somewhere and just the banter and the fun. Like, <laughs> so I would make a point to go see every one of those shows. I make a point to go see hot prop. I think it's mm-hmm. when it's like, this is fun. They're having more fun than I will ever get out of watching them. But because I know them, mm-hmm. I'm having fun because I'm basically doing it with them. Even though I'm just watching. I think for me, yeah. the shows that are fun are the ones that are like, I'm so excited to put this show on. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there like other stuff where like, Ooh, they're, they're going up. I got to go see that. So hot prov, it sounds like you like to go see yeehaw. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are two examples that. Okay. So that's one side where it's just like, this is a small act. This is like a, a, a thing that 
like Crying Boys, I think would could fit in could yeah. fit that vein mm-hmm. for some people. Sure. Um, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a Crying Boys fan. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, but like the idea of like this is a, a fun thing that like mm-hmm. is like a it's like a rare thing. Like Crying Boys just have like five sets and like people know about that. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I've heard people have mentioned it to me that I didn't know they know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, kind of going to this other vein where it's like okay, shows I'm excited like Stack Tracks is one of those oh, because. Yeah. Adam crushes it. Mm-hmm. Um, bosses is always that. Bosses is always like, um, I get the emails about who's going to be in it, and I love every performer, but like when I see the list, I'm like, I can kind of picture the vibe for that show. Yeah, yeah. Because I know the people. I've seen them all perform. I've seen them perform with different people. So like mm-hmm. when you got a full cast, when you got like Horse Apple, when Horse Apple's Deli Rats is the 10, like you're getting that for the 8. Oh, too. yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you yeah, get to yeah. see everything together, and then a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Horse Apple's Deli Rats isn't one of those shows that is so good. <clears throat> yeah, we've been thinking about that show, too. It's like... What do we, how do we keep it for us? It's like, are we going to do another set or like, how can we, we've been thinking about that show because we, I think, um, we're very like inspired by, and then also like, you know, inspired as slash like, man, we got to get our shit together about some of these teams that are like, like Hearst Girls. That's like, it's an event, you know, like their Hearst show is an event. Their show is like an event that you. They would fall in that category too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, and man, I saw the last Earth Curls. The stand up is amazing, um, and uh, the improvs like in the mono scene they do is always super funny and like weird, and they're in a weird place. Like they're not just kind of you know in a. Uh, and they play it kind of weird. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and then fun. it like gets odd. Um, and they're not afraid to kind of step into that, which I like a lot. Yeah, I like the I like their sets a lot. Um, but yeah, we we're kind of looking at that kind of stuff as our show, and we're like, shit, man, like we look like chumps, <laughs> you know? Like we're supposed to be, you know, some, the administrative arm of the theater mm-hmm. uh, with this <clears throat> slot, and like we're just doing twenty five minutes of like our same shit. Like let's really let's push ourselves, and so yep. I think that's something for us that we're like, man, yeah, like we gotta. We gotta. We can't take our foot off the gas on like our own stuff. We gotta like you know showcase whatever our perspective is too. Well, yeah. When you have fifty, the three of you, like middle management, like you have fifty years of experience, like yeah. together, like we've yeah. we've compared uh, lengths, and David's been doing it the longest. What are the numbers? You're, you're in, nineteen years. Yeah, Katie's right around the same time. She's a year younger. And she started with comedy sports, so... Probably a year less. She's, yeah, 18. And then David's been, like, 20-something because in, he uh, grew up in Northern Virginia. And there was somebody who was, like, a comedy sports theater sports person in Northern Virginia that in the school systems started, like, a theater sports program. Okay. And so he, he's been doing it since um, he was in middle school. So, a lot of time. Here, here's what I'll say... To kind of, cl- I feel like on my end, close out the yeah, question yeah. you asked. Yeah, this has been uh, a, f- a fun conversation. I don't know if this is what you had intended to. Oh, I. If this is what you want. I set no expectations. <laughs> I good. I I just I always say it's a because I ask for an hour minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say it's your hour. What do you want from it? Like I only let people. Only some people get to do extras, and that's because they ask or like. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm around them a lot and I'm like, I want to do another episode. Like, let's, yeah. like, let's, things have changed. Um, but like sometimes 
episodes, like, I did, uh, my fourth episode was my friend Will, and then he was 64. Like, yeah. 60 episodes, like, that's a full year. Yeah, yeah. So, like, <clears throat> I, want, I want to represent you. Um, right, cool. I think it did. I think we kind of... I have, I have a couple more that I think will really, like, knock it home. Okay, okay, here we go. Um, okay, so, but to close out the last question, the Friday and Saturday 10s. I know the Saturday 10s are pretty pretty planned out, but the, the Friday 10s are a little uh, less. But, like, mm-hmm. those are the shows where it's, like, you guys are honestly kind of saying, I don't know if this will work. Yeah. I've seen it in the refinery, and it looks like uh, an improv show, or whatever mm-hmm. show it is. Like, right. live is one of those shows, and it's just like, we're going to run it. Mm-hmm. And one of the, again... I have this like floating top five okay. of sets I've seen. Um, Whisper, Cornfield, okay. uh, past their primetime players from San Francisco when they came. Yeah. That show's top five for me. Another top five for me is Welcome to Science, the first one. Oh, yeah. Man, I've heard about that show. That show, it was the only theater people who were watching it were me, Sean, Dan, and Anthony sat through the first half and he had to go. Yeah. But, like, oh, I we have were heard dying. so many people it was amazing. talking about Gerard in that show. Um, and Dread I am Zach, Nathan, Riley, Gretchen, Celeste, they like I all killed Phil. So jealous of anyone who saw that set. Oh, it was amazing. Oh, that's the, that's the nature of the beast. You know? That's the, na- well, that's, that's the nature of the beast. But then like, so like I have that mm-hmm. and like that to me is like, I, so one of the things that again, being so deep into it, spending again, every day doing something. Yeah. One of the things that me and my wave, the people close to me have had to kind of do is like, you can't see every show. You gotta go home and do something. Like you gotta go mm-hmm. home after the after you you do the eight. Go home, go get some rest. Like do something else. But like so, the Welcome to Science was a ten o'clock show. I I, I think it was uh, Friday ten. So mm-hmm. I did the eight. It was America's Most Mysterious Mysteries. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wanted to go home so bad. <laughs> I was like, everything in me does not want to be here right now. Right. I am tuckered out. It's been a week, but I stayed to watch that show. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, this is a show I don't want to miss. Mm-hmm. I, I, that because it's so rare. But like, you know, I will miss riots. I'll miss bosses sets. I'll miss the Saturday mm-hmm. tens. But like, yeah. Those are shows I am excited to see, but the shows I'm really like, mm-hmm. like again, thinking Whisper said, it's like, I don't know what, what Deli Rats Horse Apples is going to put out there. You mm-hmm. don't know what kind of night it's going to be. You don't yeah, know yeah. how the riot teams are going to kill. Uh, there have been some like for detective rodeo, like I can attest, like there have been some nights where we crushed it. We did yeah. a, we did a Saturday 10, uh, for the pride yeah. sketch. That was a fun show. The the ten o'clock's the one thing that I feel like everyone thinks, and this is where I'll end it. Okay, those are we- those are the weirder shows, mm. and just moving Riot two hours later, it became one of the weird shows. Oh, did it? It did. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh fuck, like there's something about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a weird show. So I think the shows I'm excited to see are the ones that uh, are weird. Yeah, because I've seen them. I mean, yeah, I love seeing long form. I've seen. So many riots. I would go to as many of the alternate ones when I was performing in it, and now I try to go to everyone I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Anthony's in one of them, and Matthew's in the other. So, like, t- my two best friends, like, you gotta go. Yeah, it's true. As best you can. True. So, um, it's very, um, very supportive of you. Well, I feel like that's kind of the thing. I mean, that's kind of, the, that's the, I mean, the, the way I think about it is when I, when I do live, like, 
it's really easy to see in the audience because I'm just sitting there. And lightly, a lot of people are like Da Vinci, like they took that whole show, which which mm. I'm glad they did because it was a much better show because of it. But like, yeah, I, I see in the audience. Half the people are people are my friends. Mm. They're out there supporting. They're, this is the show I'm putting on. They're like, I'm gonna, I'll go watch your show. Like, yeah. And it, in this time, and every time, it's been a good show. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, we're like, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like, oh my gosh, like it may be a little awkward or whatever. But mm. like, you go support. You, you sit through Welcome to Science and you have a great time. Mm-hmm. You sit through uh, every 10 that you sit through, um, whether it's I want to be here or I'm supporting. Mm-hmm. And then you have a good time anyway. Yeah, yeah. I've never not enjoyed a show. Great. I don't mean to, I don't mean to paint a like sit through, but like it's late. Yeah. 1130 for a show. On a, on a Friday. Oh. And you're like, I woke up at seven. Yeah. It's like, it's been all week. Um, just want to go like drink or something, like sit down, like vibe or dance or whatever we want to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, palate cleanser. Okay. What's your go-to breakfast? Go-to breakfast these days, like on a work day. Well, so the the thing I get is some people are like, I do the same thing every day. Some people are like, I go through phases. Some things like I do weekends and this differently. However you mm-hmm. do it, I want to okay. know about it. Uh, so, on a weekday. Generally, what I'll do is I've been doing smoothies oh, lately. So um, I have smoothie ingredients right now. Oh I yeah, bought, I bought one of those. Like I specifically bought a uh, cup that you can blend it in, and then oh, the magic also, bullet. No, it's not a bullet or a ninja. What is it called? I have the third one. Whatever is not the main oh, one. Yeah. Uh, but like it's the thing you turn it. The cup is like you take the like blender top off. Yeah, and, and then, then you've got the, the, that's the cup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I needed that to do smoothies. But I love smoothies. Yes. What do you put in your smoothies? I tend to try and recreate the um, at Elwood Thompson's. It's called the Hulk. Oh, uh, and it's <laughs> like you know whatever. I, I generally do like a soy milk and then spinach. Um, Can we agree that spinach is the like? backbone of a good smoothie it's uh yeah it's a sleeper pick for like a great because you'd be like spinach in for breakfast you know um <laughs> i won't i won't i won't put i won't not put spinach in my smoothies yeah i think at elwood's it's like spinach and kale but i'll just generally do one or the other yeah um a, put, bana- a do banana you, do you put the stems if you do kale do you put the stems in yeah i do the whole thing oh interesting mm-hmm. i don't know it's I a thicker figured. smoothie it is yeah. it is yeah i generally have to add a little water if it's, I'm a, doing it's that. a thick yeah mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, uh, banana, of course. Uh, Another staple. Yeah, banana. Um, some vanilla protein powder. So I'll do a scoop, ah. of, a scoop of powder in there. I also do a scoop of powder. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. scoop, two for because normally it's two for like the shake. Well, it thickens it up too. Yeah, yeah and then you don't. It gets a little gritty if you're not careful. I've never tried to. Don't 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 do okay. Two. Okay, you will, you will not. Good. It's never even occurred to me. Um, every now and then I do some like frozen fruit. Um, or ice cubes, but if I do want to, you know, but generally these days I've been putting like a frozen, like mixed berry frozen bag in there. So far you're describing my smoothie. Yeah. Um, I'll do some, uh, some agave syrup. Here's where we differ. Um, and then generally I'll add a little bit of water to it just because. No dairy. No, no, no dairy. Interesting. I do Greek yogurt and milk. Oh, I'll make yogurt. an almond milk. Mm-hmm. I put a, I put an avocado in it. Because I didn't have a banana, so I subbed an avocado in for the banana the other day. How did that work? It was all right. It was okay. Yeah, it was good. Fine. Good protein, though, probably. Yeah, that's like uh, more more like good good fat. How did the pit blend? I didn't put the pit. <laughs> uh, uh, and then on the weekends, so what I had this morning, like Saturday at WPA on the South Side, which mm-hmm. is like walking distance from my house. Um, 
they do sweet potato biscuits, but only on Saturdays. Interesting. Uh, and if you go there before one, you can get a sweet potato biscuit sandwich. So like a bacon, egg, and cheese on a sweet, on potato, a sweet potato biscuit. <clears throat> and that's what I had this morning. And that's, that's been the, the order the last few Saturdays. That's I'll awesome. go and walk and get one. You ever do any peanut butter in your smoothies? No, I've never done peanut butter. Never? Is it, is it good? I like it. Because it could be like a peanut butter banana thing, but I'm worried about peanut butter and spinach together. I was gonna, Well, I've always done spinach and peanut butter together. I've never okay. had... I don't okay. think I've ever made a smoothie that didn't have both of those things. A green and then the mush. Yeah. You're chunky or smooth? I, I'm smooth. I don't hate chunky, but that's just what I that's just what I was given, and I've never thought to change it. Okay. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't peanut butter that much. Really, it's only for... For smoothies, smoothies. Oh, yeah. so you don't you don't ever do like PB and J or not lately? I've okay. been I don't know. I've just been really shitty with how I'm eating. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it doesn't sound. I mean, you got a magic bullet or whatever. You know, kind of. I uh, my se- second or third to market on that idea. I realize brand blender. <laughs> it's, it's if you search it on Amazon, it's in. You don't have to scroll. It's on the page. Okay. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> that, you know, that's a. I realize I can't I can't live with any person and cook in my kitchen comfortably. Why? I don't know. I just, I don't want to cook when there's somebody who could see me fail, I think is maybe what it is. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, I need to, I know I'm going to fail and I know it's normal and like whatever, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm whatever I am at cooking, but like, cause I, I've cooked, but I've cooked, I used to like work in restaurants. Like I can cook. Yeah, that's right. But like, I won't, I won't do it. I won't, subs- I won't, even though like I live with Matthew right now, one of my best friends, like he wouldn't care. No, not at all. But like, I won't do it. So I just don't cook. I just eat out or just like, in case something goes wrong or like something starts smoking or something like on fire that. It just feels like I'm at, like, it's, it's the most vulnerable space I think I could find in my life right now. It's just like, I'm cooking. Yeah. Everything's laid out. If you walk in, like I'm not gonna be able to hide anything. So <laughs> it's like the, the joke I do about eating mac and cheese. Like I did that for a very long time cause it was easy. Like yeah. lower on calorie, like not healthy at all, but no. so, uh, I, I don't eat breakfast. Although lately I've been trying to get my eating schedule. So I usually do it like a, my company has like a fridge full of yogurt. So I'll just do a yogurt. And okay. when it's there, when it's there, mm-hmm. but weekends it's like, it's usually a coffee and wait at like a practice. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't have any breakfast this morning. I had a coffee, but that's I, not breakfast. No. Okay. I actually have not eaten since lunch yesterday. What? Yeah. How are you not? I would be very angry. So, if I were you. I'd be so, like upset. Well, what I was going to do is I was going to go to the old music thing. I get very grumpy when I get hungry. And I, I, have, I had big plans on Thursday to get Chick-fil-A today. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's what I'm doing after this. Yeah. I was going to go before, but it was like, I don't have time. Do you eat before sets? Do you eat before you perform? The one, the last... <laughs> or do you wait until after? Uh, I've, I, can, I can notably think of two times I've eaten before a set. Um, most recently... So generally you don't like dinner up before mm-hmm. an 8 o'clock show or whatever? No. I mean, sometimes like... So like when Detective was like regularly performing... Um, I would usually like bike to Anthony's house and we'd hang out, usually eat something there or go out or whatever, mm-hmm. like, like two hours before. Okay. Um, one time detective did meet at Pearlie's. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, ate not just like one half, like I ate both halves of the sandwich. That's a big sandwich. Big sandwiches there. Me yeah. and Taylor O'Sullivan did that too. And so the whole set, we were just like, Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> no, I feel terrible. Yeah. So after that, I was like, no, I yeah. did eat half a chopped salad before like a Friday eight or chopped. whatever. Oh my God. Chopped is amazing. So good. That is, uh, 
Gretchen and I like to go there. Yeah. That's our, like, our, if we are in a Friday show together, like, we're always like, how we feel about Chopped? Today? Chopped? Huh? Chopped? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. They have uh, the best salads. Yeah. Because that's like, uh, Pydor and I have had this discussion a lot of times. Because he, he will wait sometimes until, like, midnight to eat. Because he doesn't want to have food on his stomach while he performs. Which I, I think it is insane. Well. To me, like, I need, I need... I need a full stomach if I'm going on stage. Like it's seven thirty. You're starving. You have uh, uh, you have a chicken salad sandwich from saison. Yep. You're, you're pounding that right before you go on. Oh yeah. Let I've done that many times. Okay. Specifically the chicken salad. Yes. <laughs> I've okay. never had it. I've heard uh, it's amazing. I've been holding out to wait for uh, Joe and Anthony who love and hate it. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, I we're like all going to get it together. And yeah. Um, and. Get the um, the Fresno sauce with it. There's like the hot sauce. That's the hot tip is to get it from the fridge and then ask them for like a little ramekin of the um, Fresno sauce. The Fresno sauce. Wow, hot tip. So for it's like real. so it's like their you know house hot sauce or whatever. It, that sets the whole thing off. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Good it's very to know. fatty because it's all like thigh meat and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So a little bit of that that well, heat that spice counters all the kind of like fatty greasiness of it, which you need. David, yeah. David's the kind of person he won't watch. He's he's where I got my tick about that. Yeah, he doesn't watch sets before he goes I, on either. I feel very stressed out when I watch. Yeah. I, I don't like doing. <clears throat> I love the tradition of the shakedown. I don't like doing it. It gets my heart rate up, and I want to keep my heart rate as low as possible. Huh, okay. And I know Matthew does push-ups before his sets to get his heart rate up. Does he really? Mm-hmm. Okay. He'll go. He'll walk out of the green room right into that little like mm-hmm. uh, section and just do them right there. Yeah. Every time. Mm-hmm. Or before crying boys like. Yeah, I go do your push-ups real quick, and then we'll... There's a guy I met um, who does, like, a laser comedy thing. We've been trying to get him to Richmond, but his schedule is tough to travel. Sure. And he does... uh, Him and I think Chris George did, too. They do, like, full stretches. Like, stretch out like they're going to go do, like, an intense workout Mm -hmm. or, like, play sports for an hour. They, like, sprint three miles and then do, like, intense weight. So they, like, stretch. Like... And I've done that a few times, and it is like you do, like activating your body like that. I find my I find myself playing a little differently for shows that are more physical, or if I'm playing particularly tight. Love a good uh, lunge on the stage. Oh sure, yeah. Love a good lunge on, Foot the, on side. the chair. Foot on the chair. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Even on stage, I'm just like get a little stretch and get a little yeah, and kind of rock back and forth <laughs> on it. Hands on the hips. Hands on the hips. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a problem watching? Like, could you like watch a full riot and then go up and do like the boss set? Mm-hmm. Um, I need a little bit of time before going up. So generally, what I'll do, yeah, what's your like pre? Is I'll watch <laughs> the first set and then warm up during the second set. That makes that. I mean, that's and pretty standard. Do you, have, mm-hmm. do you have any weird things that you like to do? Any like so? Here, uh, I, I I have to go last. I have to be last on stage. Really? Um, when when we're running, yeah. I make a point. Some people try to fuck with me about it too, and they'll like try to sneak out of nowhere or whatever. <laughs> I'm always I'm always paying attention. Yeah. I hate being anywhere first. Huh? That's that's that, that's a nervous tick. Um, I really like to. Yeah, I, I need a few minutes alone. Yeah, I like that. Um, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. I give myself a lot of reminders. You ever do that? Uh, yeah, I'll set some like intention before a set. Sometimes, big like, choices, I'm gonna big be, characters. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I've been telling myself lately, like I want to be really physical, mm-hmm. and like saying that um, in the circle ahead of time, like for bosses and stuff. For for, of course, I will talk about like what kind of show we want to have. Like, oh yeah, we want to have like a big big energy show. We don't want to be like afraid of blackout scenes. We want to be like editing quick. Um, 
I love hearing those because occasionally, like you'll, I'll be in the green room and I'll hear you guys like, "What do we want to do? What are we feeling?" Yeah, and yeah. I'll hear the intentions kind of get set, and it's mm-hmm. really to me that's why I do it to myself. Like I'll be in like waiting to get brought up. I'll be like yeah, right yeah. by the door, and I'll just be like, "Big characters, big choices, mm-hmm. have fun. Like be, don't be afraid to edit." Kinda yeah, kind of get in that that headspace beforehand. I like doing that, um, but I don't I don't have to do that. Sure. Um, <clears throat> there are plenty of times I just forget and go up. Yeah, I'm like there. I'm like okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, I have to have my pockets pretty much empty, except for my wallet. How do people go on stage with their phones or keys? What's your phone doing in your pocket? Why do you have you your phone? You keys in your pants <laughs> while you're on stage? Like, what, how are you going to, like, what if you need to fall? What if, you, what if you have to, like, I don't know, not have your phone in your, it's, it's distracting. Yeah, that's one thing that I do. Um, that And there's other stuff that just, like, when I was coming up, it wasn't done. Like, mm-hmm. words on shirts. Oh um, and I, I like to dress up <laughs> nicer. Um, there was a time when I would wear, I, I've kind of chilled out, but there was a time when I would do like ties on stage every time I went up. Um, sweater vests was a big thing for me for a long time. I've seen pictures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's documentation of young Mimi. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was part of that. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't. For that bugaboo kind of stuff, the one thing that I'm really, um, if anybody paid to see the show, or like even if people just like showed up to see the show, because every now and then you're in a show, like over you know, <clears throat> 10 years or whatever, it's like, yeah, we've had shows where it's like, not a lot of people here. I think we've only canceled a show once or twice, like fully canceled. We're not doing the show. Not counting Everybody snow. Home. No, that would be like, sometimes it was like weather and stuff. Yeah, not counting like canceling ahead of time, but like we're all there, we're ready to go. We're ready to go on stage and like guys just go home. One, a couple of times it was for weather. Like nobody showed up and like a storm is picking up and it's like, okay, well, maybe, let's just like, go home. Let's say for that way. Yeah, in two hours, it's going to not gonna be any better. So let's go. We've, we've done a show where it was just theater people. Like mm-hmm. it was a refinery yeah. and that was a really fun time. Cause you were, you were house managing that night. Yeah. Yep. That was a fun time. That was one thing that I was like, guys, we're already all, all here. Let's like the point it. is to get this up on its feet. Let's just get it up on its feet and everybody would just watch everybody. Um, yeah, that's one thing, uh, that I'm, a stickler for is like somebody paid their money to see a show tonight. Like if, if one person did that, we're doing a show. Absolutely. You know? So, I mean, we were all happy to do the show with no one there. So yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one so person there. Yeah. Um, we, we, we would try to make them feel very special. Yes. Very special. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not, uh, yeah. Pre-show ritual stuff. I want to eat before I go on. I don't like going on an, on an empty stomach. Sure. Well, how do you feel about like, uh, inebriants before a show? I don't know. Um, I think, you know, and I have been known to and will again tonight probably before I go up, uh, you know, have a beer while I'm in the green room. Sure. But um, unless the point of the show is these guys are drunk or, you know, these folks are high uh, and that's the gimmick, um, get it, stay off stage. I don't like, I don't want to see drunk people improvise. Um, I don't want to see... Somebody, somebody who think. somebody who just smoked up before the show. Um, that's like to remain to me. It's like if you wouldn't drive a car, you should be on stage. Or like if you're, <clears throat> you know, if some think of a very responsible person in your life, Matt and, Newman. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> if they, you know, if, if they would be like, dude, are you okay to drive? Don't get on stage, like because that's sure, sure, sure. Um, the show's going to be bad. Yeah. If, you're not, if, if, if the choice you're making isn't going to put on the best show, don't I, I speak from experience. Yeah. Uh, having, you know, hey, man, we're getting up. It's like, oh, man, cool. Like, I didn't plan to get up tonight. 
I've had a few beers, you know, like I'm not, I, I wasn't driving. Um, but yeah, let's do it. And like the sh- it's show sucks. It sucks to do. It sucks to watch. Nobody likes it. Um, yeah, I would yeah. say that we're pretty good about it. I've never really seen someone on stage who shouldn't have been on stage. Mm-hmm. No. And we've, there, you know, early, early on, there were a couple of times where we'd be like, uh, and it was not like I plan on performing, but it's like, I'm here and maybe can I sit in? And then it's like, oh, like you were at, you know, whatever folk festival all day. So no, you know, like that's, uh, nah, man, like just, just enjoy the show. Like we're not, you know, you're too drunk to be on stage. I will say that, uh, last night, uh, somebody did get on stage, an audience member. Who was oh, well, that's a totally different. No, no, no. I just thought it was kind of the same band. <laughs> I was just like, you're too drunk. You shouldn't be on stage. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, a yeah, fun little thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so... <clears throat> yeah, my phone my phone keeps buzzing. I don't, I don't want to... Oh, yeah, please. So, yeah, I just have two more things. Uh, we're at about two hours. You feel good about it so far? Yeah, you got, you, sure. you got a couple more... Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's very... I don't know if it's, you know, very, very me-focused. Well, yeah, that's the whole point. Okay, yeah. I threw, I threw in some, like... Uh, so I'm not afraid to share my opinion. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay. People, that, that's the whole point. They see the name. They want to hear about... Yeah, yeah Newman. Absolutely. Um, episode 69 is a big episode. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> the last two things uh, I have, and I'll, I'll tell them both to you, and that you kind of... Uh, if you want to pick them both up, or one up, or however you want to play it, it's right. up to you. Um, and then we can kind of go from there. Okay. And whenever you're ready, we can wrap up. Um, so, I want to hear about... <clears throat> I don't want to say your best moment, like in your improv career, mm-hmm. but like one that's you would want to share as like a finale. Like, tell me about a moment, mm-hmm. and then obviously you said duty is coming up. This is going to be the last like public record of you before uh, baby knew me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So before I don't I know. It, a father. I, I don't have a. A pre- question prepared, but I don't know if you want to like say something to future or like oh, uh, oh, make God. a last like. I don't, I don't know if you have any words on that, but I wanted to give yeah. you space if you had okay, something. I so, appreciate that. Those are the two things I got, and I'm super interested in both. Okay, so um, I'll go back to. I mean, there's a lot of moments from like student times. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of moments from. God, I don't know, like comedy sports, and this first there was one time where I figured out that you can like use the same stage and like split screen the stage in different spaces. I remember like discovering that, um, when we were at what is now Capitol ale house in Innsbruck, um, but used to be Damon's, which was like famous for their ribs. I don't know if you remember Damon's, but, um, and then they had that like front room. That's like a game room. Now mm-hmm. we would do shows in that it, when it was Damon's. Interesting. Comedy sports was there for a while. Um, and, that was like a space where I was like, really was like, Oh my God, long form. Like, um, a guy named Michael Bruckmuller, this guy, Aubrey Sitterson and I were in a scene, we were doing a buddy cop and then we were like in a, um, like stadium and we're trying to find each other. And so we were like passing each other physically very close on stage, but we were like in our minds, we were on opposite ends of this, like, uh, huge stadium and calling to each other. And that was like, I was like, Oh my God, you can, ah. and I remember that being a big realization <laughs> for, um, long form stuff. Well, real quick. That's how the cornfield one was. You guys were in the, the theater. Yeah. As it always is. And you use that space. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Using space as I think something that, um, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize the power of it. And, and I'm still sort of realizing like, 
don't just look at the stage. Like, look at the space. Look at the space. That's so real. I'm so sorry, but like, yeah, yeah. past their primetime players, when they came, the reason I think I was so they used the whole space. Yeah, they owned the stage, and I said at the time. They own the stage more than I've seen, like, big bosses on that stage. Yeah, nice. Like, the best team at the theater. Damn. I don't know. Me. Yeah, just, just push her away. Getting clawed at. Yeah, she's... She's... Th- I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so seeing someone use and own the space like mm-hmm. that, like, that's that's a big thing. That's why it's a big, yeah. a big thing. We were at a Kalamazoo Improv Festival, and... Uh, Jimmy of Middle Age Comeback was also playing this festival. They were, like, the headliners. And he had this good deep voice. Uh, and we were going, and they, at one point in their set, they climbed up. So it was this, like, um, black box theater. And it had this, like, catwalk around that went to a tech booth. Because it was, like, for, for real, you know, attached to a college, I think, maybe, like, black box theater. Okay, okay. Very, very nice. So we were playing, like, all in the space. And there was a ladder that went up to the um, to this catwalk. And they were the only people for the whole festival that used it. And they were like, yeah, we all, dude, you got to walk around the space. I saw that ladder. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, and that's, I think about that, too. It's like, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think about that all the time when I'm, when I'm going into a space or when I'm looking at a space and I'm thinking about a show. It's like, oh, I saw that. I saw the circus. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, we don't have to. Continue, but, uh, no, 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 we can. Um, we can um, we're, we're another, uh, I remember I was in a Herald and connected like to a group game and a big show move during my student shows. And that um, that felt awesome, and the, uh, that felt like I I performed a magic trick in front of the audience, and they were all like, <gasps> but it was like, oh my god, I'm using my my understanding of patterns oh to connect these two things. And like for me, it felt very like that was the next thing to do, but it was like a surprise <clears throat> for the audience, and um, that felt great. Um, oh my gosh, you're making me think of like the first time uh, like a veteran performer complimented a move I made. Oh yeah, as yeah, one yeah. of the first detective shows. My first ever like show, like I did. I've talked about it before, but I did Pie Drop Plus One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I did well. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like, what, yeah, real quick, what was like your first like show? Was it like a student show? My first like long form show. I would categorize it as. 20, uh, a set of 20 or more minutes uh, that you are like a major part of. So, like, long form set. Because yeah. my first show show would have been probably with, in high school with standard deviation, and then like professional level show would be with um, comedy sports. Oh, interesting. Because those sorry. are like 90 minute, like, and you're, you know, two teams, and you're, you know, I mean, well, you know the format. So, that was like, I'm in it. But if that's like, that wasn't uh, like a thirty-minute set. Like uh-huh. that show, um, no, those were all rehearsals. We never put that up on its feet in front of an audience in Richmond at the time. That was just like something we were interested in mm-hmm. exploring. See, I probably student shows in Chicago was like the first time I was really doing long form with a team with a purpose in front of an audience that paid to see long form. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was probably that. Okay, so those, those um, not five B sets, but like when we were we would do shows with like albums. I remember the first time we like organized a show with another indie team in town and rented a theater out and did a run of us for like six weeks, um, and like rented out this you know black box in a basement of a larger theater and like that was um, probably the first time we like self produced a, mm-hmm. a, a long form night like a night of long form. Oh, wow. Just like 
It's so funny also because like I've only ever like known long form. Like mm-hmm. I've watched like Who's Line and like my first my first show was like The Mixer mm-hmm. or uh, it was a jam actually. Oh yeah. So like, but like other than that, like I I don't do short form. It's so weird to think about it. Yeah, it like, should. I think it's a muscle. I mean, there's a lot of people, a lot of long formers mm-hmm. out there who, um, or at least in other scenes that are really like divided with the short form community. Like mm-hmm. long form, short form are very like distant and adversarial and like, ugh, those fucking gimmicky short form fuckers, like that what they do isn't really improv. They just like, you know, play arms expert and whatever. And then the short form people are like, ugh, those fucking stuck up long form people. Like all their shows are so boring. You just stand around and talk and you think you're being so clever. They're all up their own ass about their own art and whatever. Uh, or they call it art. That's something Dick Chudnow, who's the founder of comedy sports had, um, this thing uh, in Milwaukee where the first comedy sports was and it said um, this is comedy sports if you want art go to a museum ah. <laughs> it's like this is a sh- this is a show that's about having fun and being funny and laughing oh. uh, and it's not art and so that was like a, that's been a discussion for, for oh for, of course uh, for improv but um, we're just gliding through all these like hot debates <laughs> yeah oh, yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah but I think for us in Richmond especially because so many of us came up through comedy sports it's like that is a very necessary skill set and um I love watching long form improvisers who have a background and understand short form. Um, they are great. You know, I'd much rather watch that than somebody who's like started in long form. Like it's a tougher transition to like all of a sudden start to do short form because you don't have any time. Mm-hmm. You have three, maybe four minutes. Yeah. Who, what, when, where, you know, establish all that stuff. And you got to do that in like 30 seconds with like a big initiation wasn't, so you can play the game. Yeah. Wasn't there a short form show? Mm-hmm. Was that short, fast, loud? Yeah, uh, there still is. Um, it's it's sort of on hiatus, but it's, at some point it might come out. Um, David was producing it. Um, might have to get get on that. Yeah, I, think that'd be, that'd be I don't know when that's coming back around, but we wanted to like hold space for short form too because we're not, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, the, again, this is about comedy in general, and we yeah, do a lot of good shows. We do stand up. We do sketch. The whole great, thing. like really good short form is fucking amazing. It's yeah. so funny. I would love to see that at our theater. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be excited to go to one of those shows. Yeah, yeah. So if, those especially shows. if it was like once a month maybe or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so I forget what it was that David was doing. This was a, I mean, now it's like, oh yeah, David did that. How long ago was that? It's like, oh, it might have been four years ago um, that they did uh, short, short, Fast and Furious. Short, Fast, that, that's what it was. Yeah, Not yeah. Short, Fast, Loud. Um, would you say that KGB would fit in that, in that realm too? A little bit? KGB, yeah. Uh-huh. That was, that was, that was, that was my first show I saw at the theater. Yep. That was a that was a short form show, for sure. That was very like game show formatted, you know, very highly structured in the way that comedy sports is too. Like, comedy sports is a sporting event with a referee mm-hmm. and like all those kind of conceits that you make to go see the show. When I was a civilian, I came back to see that show. <laughs> I saw that show twice. Yeah, yeah, that was That's good because yeah, Eve did the entire thing in Russian too. I saw that, and then I got to see one of the the, the Spanish one where Eve couldn't make it. Yeah, the chair did it, mm-hmm. and it was like ah, oh, so good, such a yeah. fun. Is that what you've been doing this whole time? Oh yeah, I just I um I fidget with my hands all the time. Did you like have a fidget spinner when they came out when they were big? Did you try it out? No, that was a little too much for me. But there's a cube that has oh, all kinds of little dials nice. and stuff on yeah. it that I've been looking at. I had the cube, and then there's also like this is a like Captain Planet style like break the rings on the ring holder so that you know turtles don't get trapped in them and stuff. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so baby nooms. Yeah, yeah, man. That's I'm so excited. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank it's like you. that goes without saying. Um, yeah, I can't even imagine facing that chapter. Yeah, I mean, I've been, we've been ready for it for a while. We've been like trying for a while. Um, 
And yeah, man, I'm just so, it's like, it's coming so soon. It's like two months, maybe. It you feels know, like it we're was. We're down to like the single digit w- weeks left. Yeah. It feels like it was so like, oh man, I don't know, so long ago or so recent that you announced it. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been nuts. And so we're getting the house ready. We're getting everything set and doing birthing classes and all that. And oh my God. I just can't wait. I can't wait to meet him. You know, I think he's going to be great. Um, do you have a name picked out or anything? We got a few names. Nothing, nothing solid yet. Nothing solid yet. No exclusive for the show. No, no. Sorry, I can't give you that. <laughs> I can't give you that hot. You heard it here. Uh, that scoop. That hot scoop. Um, that's fair. That's fine. Yeah, I'm not here to break scoops. We've got kind of a short list, and we're going to wait until. Oh, absolutely. We see him to select. Um, but yeah, there's like two or three, maybe four that are kind of front runners. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just so pumped. Um, uh, I don't know. It's it's difficult to um, put into into words like, well, you know, will he be into improv? Will he be? You know, like there's all this stuff. Like, um, oh my gosh, that, that that's a whole nother vine. Yeah, oh yeah, and there's all kinds of stuff where it's like we're getting enough people with kids that are old enough that we could like start a you know just kids from the theater, mm-hmm. you know. Gantz and McCoo and Alex Light is having a kid too. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't think there's any pregnant women in the theater right now. Not that I know of. Not that I'm aware of. Anyway, but like, there's so you know the troop is big enough now that I don't. I, there could be, and I just wouldn't know. Although I would have heard, I think. Anyway, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a. It's it's uh, it's difficult to. Um. Comment yeah, on. comment on it's like uh, it's so huge and so big, and we've been working at it for so long, and it's finally here. You know, it's like it's Christmas morning, and you know, this is like the time where you're trying to. It feels like Christmas Eve. We're trying to sleep, but you can't. You know, and uh, you just want to like fast forward to fast forward and like have like a habit, have it, have it be here. Um, that's kind of where how we're. Um, how I'm feeling right now. It's like, man, I can't like, oh, you know, let's do this. Let's get ready. You know? So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. I uh, couldn't be happier for you. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. I'm going to force it, but I, I'm open to the decline. I'm just going to put it out there again. Do you have like a future, like saying like a, it's okay. You didn't do improv or whatever it is. I don't know. I, I, as somebody who doesn't have kids and it's not in that place, I don't even know what to, I would think to ask, but it's like, this is the moment where it's like, I, if I have a, if there's a question, I would ask it, but like, is there just no question? No question of what? Thinking uh, like with like, I want to like market like the, again, the occasion before like, again, like eight weeks or something. Okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, uh, I'm also, I guess I'm thinking like, uh, the office, like Steve Carell making videos for his future kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, like a message for my a message from like for baby nooms for baby, the future. Yeah. That, that's where I was going where it's just like, this is the only, again, this is the only opportunity that, uh, I think will present itself. I don't think you're going to go out of your way to like day one or whatever, like record anything. So, yeah. I mean, I think, um, Without, but then again, without any it, without any details of what what might come, I I can say for sure right now uh, to future baby Newman, um, I love you, and uh, I'm very proud of you, and I'm excited about what you're gonna do. I think you're gonna be great. Oh, that's kind of you know. That's all. I, that's all I can say. See, that's perfect. See, that's what I wanted. All right. Okay. Good. Um, good. <laughs> 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I wanted. I just wanted to give you the the stage for a minute. With yeah. That. Okay. I was like, it's deserving. You guys are doing something great. So yeah, thank you. Uh, well, yeah, we did. We did the damn All right, thing. Nice. How long do you nice. think that was? I don't know. There was what two hours, two and a half, two and a half, maybe. Okay. Is there anything we didn't get to that you wanted to? No, no. I mean, there's so much. Um, I'm just always like, and I think this is anybody who's you know kind of a, been at the theater for a while and got got, got bit by it. It's just like talking shop about like there are you know, 250 other things that we could talk about that are all just like, what's your approach to this? Like, what's your opinion on this? You know, like now that you, now that you have opinions on stuff, um, and have sort of been around and like, have your own, know your own tendencies and, um, see work being done. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's something that, you know, talk like that all day. Absolutely. I mean, so. I, uh, one time, uh, Pete and I went to uh, lunch with, uh, Gantz and Terry Withers when he was doing oh, his cool. workshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And we just were quiet the whole time. Just listened to those <laughs> two. And they're talking like, they're talking about like general improv stuff, but also like running a theater because Terry runs big. That's right. And he yeah. was like getting advice on like how to do this and like just getting in- information basically. Yeah. And just, just again, Pete and I are just like, just like soaking it up. And they kept saying like, oh, we're so sorry. And like, oh no, we're here for yeah. this. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're lucky. We're, we, We've lucked out just that's, by being around. That's something that happened for me too. It's like when I when I was at that um, last year, the same summit that was in Omaha this year was in Minneapolis, and so I got to like talk shop with Bill, who's running a theater now. Um, and we just were like, "What's what's this like? What's your what's your approach to this? How do you view alcohol in the space, and how that changes <laughs> shows, and like how necessary a bar is, but like you don't want to." does the bar drive what kind of show goes on stage so that you know, like a bunch of people come out and drink. And so you put like the big come out and drink to it show on whatever, even though the, mm-hmm. the work itself isn't necessarily as clean or as adventurous or as pushing boundaries. That stuff you put later, even though maybe the work, like the improv that's being done is better, but it's tougher to rock drop, you know, like again, navigating, Oh yeah. You know how to make money and keep the lights on with doing the, the artistic stuff of it and then his opinions from coming up uh through io in chicago in like the early 90s and what that was like and having seen all those theaters develop and make their choices um yeah those conversations are always awesome and so i think that you know there's an uh yeah, we could talk for another two hours. I mean, yeah, you yeah. you 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 were like ready to get right back into it. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um so yeah, that's uh i think yeah, we do that anytime. So yeah, thank you so much for, yeah, for no, having thank me over. Thank you for doing it. Um, the last thing is just however you want to say goodbye, just say goodbye. Goodbye.